Welcome everyone to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you for downloading or streaming our show, taking some time out of your busy life listen to us. And remember, if you're digging the show, please subscribe, leave us a kind rating, share it with your friends, whatever it takes to get the Chompcast name out there. We have the show of dreams today, as I'm labeling it. And yes, I promise those dreams are of the dry variety. <laughs> and in that vein, our uh, topic of the show today is expectations, um, you know, and how they affect our gaming adventures, so what we expect from games and when they release and, and how the reality of that lives up to that expectation so that should be a fun topic um shay finally after years of waiting has played cuphead um so we're really excited to talk to him about that yours truly after waiting what seems like a lifetime of dreaming has finally been able to play a fantasy fishing rpg final fantasy monster of the deep i'm excited as hell to talk to you guys about that um <laughs> we have a member of our Chomcast crew is now the proud owner of a Nintendo Switch, and we finally have some Star Wars Battlefront 2 to talk about, which is, I know, something people have been messaging me constantly, wanting to hear our thoughts on Battlefront 2. Um, it's going to be an amazing show. It really is. We have so much to talk to. For that reason, we don't have a BioBreak article this week, but that's okay, because we have more than enough interesting things to talk about. But let's get to some introductions. In the spirit of Star Wars, let's introduce the crew of the Chompcast for your listening pleasure. Speaking of pleasure, our first co-host is from Texas, and in honor of the Jedi, he has been studying in the ways of the Force. So if you see him going cross-eyed with a strange grimace rippling across his face, that's because he is developing a hands-free jerk-off technique where he can move his shaft skin back and forth with only the power of his mind. Anthony Fisher's here. How you doing, Fish? Oh, I thought that's what they taught all the Jedis. No, no, no. You get banished oh. for that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I guess my mentor. Yeah, I better not let. Yeah, yeah. You, you shouldn't have said that, Morgan. It's a dark path. That's like Sith level stuff. All right, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, Yoda taught it to me. I don't mm. know why he needs to be doing yeah. that, but throwing Yoda under the bus. That's going. <laughs> He'll be he's fine down there. I like to think just that roll Yoda right over him. <laughs> That's true. That hit him at all. Just, he's fine. <laughs> that bus ain't touching Yoda. He's mm-hmm. he's good. Yeah. Well, so yeah. Um, yeah, I know it's it's a little early in the show for a skin shaft talk, but um, I thought it was a creative use of uh, the force fish. So I gotta. Although you know. It's a lot of energy. You know, you're sitting there like, going like this with your hands and you got that grimace on your face and you're moving it with, you know, that just seems like a lot of work. I know it's hands free, but come on. I feel like you missed a joke about saying instead of foreskin, the force skin. Oh, like really that's good. Dad joke. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I like that. I like yeah. that. That's true. Yeah. You know? It really is more of a dark side technique. I mean, Vader was <laughs> always choking it with the force. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's a good one. <sighs> All right, and keeping my... um, So thanks for being here, Fish. And keeping my shitty Star Wars themes going, Shay Layton is here, and uh, our good friend from Japan. Shay, I always think of you, you're more like the, the pilot of our group, like Poe Dameron from the, the Force Awakens. How does that work for you? I um I don't know who that is. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> but yeah... 
he was me. The, no, he's the pilot in The Force Awakens. He was mm-hmm. uh, played by Oscar Isaac. The namesake yeah. for the po' boy sandwich. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, Nothing? I do like me a good sandwich. Mm-hmm. Has it been that long since The Force Awakens? All right. You, you guys know what I'm talking about. Poe Dameron, come on, Fish. You know what I'm talking about here. The pilot, the, the you know, yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really... yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I remember him. Oscar yeah, Isaac. All right, well, apparently that didn't work. But I'm glad you're here, Shade, today. I mean, unless you see yourself as someone else in the Star Wars universe, that's fine, too, you know? No, I mean, he makes a good sandwich, a good po' boy, and a, <laughs> I love me a sandwich, so that's perfect. But he's a it's kismet. <laughs> he's a mean pilot. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you're here, Shay, to talk about Cuphead, among other uh, incredible things as well. And last but surely not least, Joshua Fowler is here. Now, I know it seems like an easy setup here because Josh, in many ways, would be our, you know, dark sith overlord but that's that's too easy because i've known josh my whole life and it's what inside it's what inside that count and you know josh on the inside is a cuddly little ewok isn't that right josh Mm-hmm. i do have ewoks inside me oh no, no. is that not what you were getting at there <laughs> is that you know now, that's a mental image i now have to live with forever they're so delicious I... <laughs> oh okay that's what you meant okay mm-hmm. Oh God! I was I took that in a whole different direction. So yeah, I thought um, I thought it was three Ewoks with a human skin just covering them, up <laughs> just and... like a trench coat over them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a tre- yeah, poor little guys trying to do an Eiffel Tower, but hands quite can't reach. Mm. Oh, those poor little Ewoks. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then that's we have okay. our, of course, we have our fearless leader played by Jar Jar Binks. No, I say, oh, come on. That's the low-hanging fruit shake. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> He's the host of podcasts. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> uh, I actually had myself written as uh, an epic bounty hunter. Um, I have, like, Boba Fett. I'm wearing Boba Fett's armor, but when I take off my helmet, I'm actually Natalie Portman. So that's really, that's really how my fantasy goes. Hmm. Seems to line up. For me, hmm. right, everyone's your... just staring at me. <laughs> Ship. How did you get my fanfic? I got none. You know, it's 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 funny because we're talking about this uh, fishing game later, and I was I was joking with my girlfriend that it was two of my fantasies. One, it was a final um, a Final Fantasy fishing game, so that's my ultimate fantasy, right? And number two, you get to create a character, and I created a beautiful woman. So it was both of my fantasies: a fishing game and being a woman, wrapped up in one packet. So. And three, you could go on vacation in your living room where she would never have <gasps> to see you. Oh, wait. Hmm. No. VR is great for that. You get into a fight, just like, all right, I'm going to put this headset on and block out the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The best you part never about listen to me. Is... Shut up. I'm catching fish. Mm-hmm. Well, that, and they can flip you off right in front of your face, and you won't even know. It's just it's it's the best. Mm-hmm. Ignorance is bliss. Uh, in it... VR. <laughs> Buy a PlayStation <laughs> VR today. That's the new catch. Yeah, it's the new I, catch logo. They should really put that on the box. Ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, may buy one if they did that. That would uh, no. that would probably sell me on it. I would love for you to get a PS4 VR, Josh. Really, um, but I'm pretty sure you would probably hate it. Uh, <laughs> it's just a gut feeling that I have. Um, anyways, though, it's it's gonna be an awesome show. Topic of the show, we can get right into it. Expectations is something we were talking about this week a little bit. 
as sort of one of our big picture gaming topics that we like to delve into. And this one's interesting, I think, uh, for me, and I want to kind of, of course, get where you guys stand on it. But when I was starting to think about this, especially playing this um, fishing game, and I was joking at the beginning of the show, Shay finally getting to play Cuphead and things like that. For me, I started to realize that expectations for me are almost more like a feeling than like a checklist of things I wish a game had. Like, for example, I couldn't have told you exactly what I expected from that Final Fantasy fishing game. I was just really excited about the concept, right? That's like a dream. How can you quantify that, right? What I was excited for was the feeling I was going to get. Like the excitement and that, that rush of, of the day of buying it and, and everything I was going to go through there. Um, and that's when I started to realize that it wasn't so much of like a checklist as like, um, oh, I hope that they have this many fish I can catch and this many lakes and I hope that it looks this good. It was just more of like a general feeling I was hoping to get from it of just overall enjoyment and excitement and all of that. Um, and that, I thought that was pretty interesting, but I wonder where you guys stand on this. Like, uh, Josh, when you start thinking, cause you talked about last week, how you try to avoid pre-hype for release. So how does expectations fall in line for you in regards to that? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm with you there on kind of the hype being a bigger portion of, um, expectations going into a game like just really really wanting to play it just because of um you know hopes for it than for um you know uh like a feature list um, yeah because i mean i i try to avoid that just so i can kind of go in neutral on games but they, i mean that doesn't happen i mean there are certain games that i just i end up buying beforehand just because I'm expecting them to be good. Um, trying to think of something recently. Like the last Last Guardian was one. I know that you. Well, were yeah, really yeah, excited. the Last Guardian, and I think I think my expectations going into that really made me ha- that, that that tainted the experience because I was expecting something drastically different than I got. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've come to respect s- that game a whole lot more than I did when I first played it. But it took a long time to get over that initial, oh my god, what the hell, this is nothing like what I was expecting Yeah. moment. Like, I, I just, I completely gave it up um, after, like, the first few days with it. And it took a month before I finally sat back down and finished the game. Um, Do you think that maybe your expectations were more along the lines of, like, I love Shadow of the Colossus, and when I walked away from that game, I had this, like, powerful feeling... Uh, of satisfaction or in my soul or whatever it was and you were hoping the last guardian was going to give you that same sort of feeling i mean possibly i mean because i pl- i've played all of his games so far mm-hmm. starting with eco and then shadow of the colossus and they did a whole lot to fix some of the control issues from one game to the next mm-hmm. um and it ended up making a much better game the second time around even even though I really love Eco, I think that one kind of gets overshadowed a lot just because, I mean, Shadow of the Colossus is talked about all the time. Yeah. Um, so, I, mean, I don't know. I, I just had ideas going into it that it's been so long. We've fixed a bunch of these things. It's just going to oh, be the okay. perfect game. And then that was not even close to what they were going for. Um, once you know, I that's finally a good, got it. Like, that's a good... 
Yeah. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Anyway. Well, you, you could just tell that was, that was not even on their checklist <clears throat> of things to, you know, to go for. Um, it was, it was <clears throat> not a ridiculously polished AAA type game. It was, it, it just wasn't it at all. Um, yeah. And so, so in a, in a way, and this is a good segue as I throw it to Shay here. In a way, like when you th- your expectations subconsciously, well, I wouldn't say subconsciously, were basically that there were things that would evolve and improve over time because that's what people do. They take the things that they do poorly and they try to get better at them. Yeah. And that wasn't what I like. For example, with the Fallout games, people keep hoping that they're going to release a game on that scale that's not going to be like as glitchy or as buggy, and they just keep dropping them. And and the games, people still love them, but they're not really able to or have been have been working to improve that aspect of it um so that's an interesting thing like in my mind i would think okay my expectations would be that those games would get better at that while still remaining these grand epic uh, games but um shay as i throw the question to you as far as expectations go where do you weigh in on this um i think expectations play a very big role in how we digest art because especially in this medium um, I think about something that continually is on my mind all year, um, Gravity Rush 2, where I was told to play that game and I literally knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And um, any ex- any expectations I had, which were basically, I don't know this fucking game, I'm not going to like it, were exceeded, obviously, because there, there was such low expectation. Whereas um, something like Cuphead this week, I have had very high expectations for that for a while now, and uh, hearing you guys talk about it so much, I was like, damn, this has got to be a good game, and I constantly see news articles about it, and then I, when I first played it, it just, it, it didn't grab me as much as I thought it would, and uh, from there, um, as I played it more, I ended up liking it more, so it's it's... Expectations are a very fickle thing because I, I, I think it helps really, it helps if you don't go into a game no, or, you know, um, listening to a CD, something like that, any type of art medium. If you don't go in or if you go into it not knowing a lot about it and um, you kind of temper your expectations off of that really. And from there, um, you're most likely not going to be disappointed because, like, like Josh said with the Last Guardian, um, I briefly, very briefly played Shadow of the Colossus with you, Morgan, and mm-hmm. um, it's just that game is so heralded in the gaming com- community, and I was like, well, Last Guardian's been nine years in development. We've seen it since E3 at P- uh, when it was at PS3 uh, level, and mm-hmm. it just it looked like a good game, and just wasn't for me and uh i had very very high expectations of that game so for me personally i guess it's like the less i know going into a game like i can know Mm -hmm. some things but the less i know the more likely i'm going to be blown away with any expectations i have personal and uh yeah that coincides with the reality of the situation of like okay well this game isn't like uh the forbidden fruit in the garden where it's like it's the greatest thing in the world, but you're told not to enjoy it type of thing. So. <clears throat> yeah, fascinating in this case, too, because yeah, I mean, me and Fish almost landed a little higher on Cuphead, and neither of us seemed to give a shit about that game. 
And so when it, so yeah, like in many ways, we, I went into it almost unexcited, I would say. Just be, and it ended up landing for me really hard because, like I said, I had nothing, no pre. And then you had to deal with us talking about it all the time, which I know is <laughs> the worst. <laughs> it's it's like like yeah. like fish. We'll talk to fish later. He's been hearing people talk about Mario like it's the next coming of Christ for the past you know two weeks, and uh, he's finally been able to lay into it, which is going to be a topic for later on. But uh, fish, as I throw it to you, you know, as far as like expectations landing in your world uh, what's your take on this <clears throat> um expectations have been kind of all over the place for me as far as like my video gaming career goes mm-hmm. like a lot of times uh there's video games that just come out with the sequel that i had no idea was coming out with the sequel like uh pokemon red and blue i love pokemon red and blue but uh, when i found out that they that Actually, the the way I found out that Pokemon Gold and Silver was out was I saw it at the store and I was like, "Oh my god, it's just here!" Sequel to it, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. just here. <laughs> so yeah. I had literally no expectations for that uh-huh. game, and I, I think that's probably one of the best like uh, sequels to a game that I've ever played still to this date because I had zero expectations, and mm-hmm. I guess that's why I feel like Pokemon Gold and Silver is like the absolute best like uh run up to you know uh one of the one of my favorite video games playing on the game boy um so like in in that regard like expectations were um not necessarily there and yet you know being a sequel to a game you would think you would have the original stuff at least in it but you didn't know exactly what new mechanics they were going to add to it. And they mm-hmm. added so much new stuff to that game that it just blew my mind at that point that, you know, if I ever did have expectations for it, I think some of those things would have been tempered down a little bit and it would have, wouldn't have been as uh, high praise on it as I would. Uh, I think I might have been a little bit more critical. Yeah. Do you think that there's something to the fact that maybe you were younger? Because I, I had the same experience with that game. And we were both younger. That was an era without social media. Like, mm-hmm. I, I had the same experience as you. I turned, one day I saw a commercial for it, and I was like, this game is out. Like, and, you know, we were like, what, in, yeah. I guess, middle school or high school? I'm trying to remember. I want to say, like, middle school. Yeah. Um, late you guys would have been in middle school. Yeah. yeah. So, like, also part of just being younger, we didn't expose ourselves to as much of that games coverage. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Whereas, like, games like, like you said, Cuphead, where... Uh, I I could care less about that game. It looked interesting. <laughs> like, the art style yeah. looked cool. I was like, yeah, that's not going to... I even see... I, I, you know, like, Clues, Clues Gamer had, like, this bit with Conan O'Brien and Kate Upton. Mm-hmm. And even it's them terrible. playing it... It was a terrible Clues Gamer, first off. Yeah. Um, it was really? more about Kate Upton <laughs> and Conan O'Brien wanting to get up all up in her. But, uh... Well, that was not... <laughs> So, you know, it it's true. It's true that that you know that's Conan's thing, and and I actually watched that the other day with my girlfriend. And I think the problem with that one was there's not a lot of funny, weird things to talk about in Cuphead, <laughs> as a, which is ironic. As opposed yeah, there to there are plenty, there are plenty to talk about. I, well, just like both of them suck at video games, and like yeah, exactly. that's a video game that you don't want to play. That's horribly, horribly hard as fuck. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. play the first thirty-five yeah. seconds of it over and over again. If you aren't good at games, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Uh, like that poor. Yeah. Did you guys hear about that poor journalist that 
uh, took him oh, 20 yeah. minutes to get to the tutorial in Cuphead, and people were just ripping him apart. I felt so, like, even though that guy's obviously terrible at games, I still felt bad for him. I mean, that's, because he, it's, it was, it I was taped. I really don't, though, because that, that, that tutorial took, like, one minute. Like, I know. How, how the it's... fuck does that take you 20 minutes? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but I'm just saying, like, he had his, his bad moment was, you know, to the whole world, publicized. So that's that's always yeah, that that's the that's the nature of what he does, man. Like if I was yeah. a, if I decided that I wanted to suddenly be an NFL reporter, which I don't know sh- I don't know much about the NFL or football, American football for that matter, and someone called my ass out because I was like, "Oh, that was a safety," and they're like, "Actually, no, that was a touchdown." I would fully expect the wrath of um, every NFL player and their cousin, um, too. <laughs> basically you know unleash on me because that's my job essentially and that's if his job is to be a gaming journalist and i don't mean this to turn into a diatribe against this guy he needs to do his job and he needs to know how to do it so if i'm gonna if i'm gonna report on the nfl i need to know about the nfl if he's gonna report on games he needs to know at least a little bit how to play him you know he doesn't have to be a good player but yeah i mean like if i'm an nfl reporter i should be able to at least throw a football and this guy yeah. should be able to at least get through I, tutorial. I think you, ma- you make a yeah. good point. You make a good point. Yeah. I mean, like, he, I think he could have some interesting things to say on the culture and games in general. But, yeah, as, as someone who's watched him play, if I were to read his reviews, I would instantly find everything he ever writes about difficulty and just scratch that off because, obviously, right. he doesn't. Yeah. You know. It's, like, a, it's like, a, like some random person suddenly becoming a food critic and trying to tell you the, like the, the best wines to drink. How the fuck is this guy even, or woman yeah. even remotely trustworthy? But, yeah, exactly. Um, one thing I wanted, uh, one thing I wanted to actually add to Fish's point is, I think the whole Pokemon thing—you flip that around with um, Sun and Moon. I think. Well, I know I was really hyped on it. I know you guys had different levels of hype. No, I had mm-hmm. a lot of friends who were hyped on it, and it just it came out and it sold a ton because of Pokemon Go. But it was such a tepid response surprisingly yeah. and i think that's because there was constant new small nintendo news conferences about um like oh this pokemon's coming out and they're gonna have yeah. this z move and they're gonna have this and they're gonna have that and then <clears throat> our expectations were or at least mine were and i know some of my friends were very high and i think that's because we were constantly fed information on it I actually, I actually think that's kind of like why some some music um, artists they don't tell people when the CD is going to release. They just do it. Just because, drop it. Yeah. Yeah, they just drop it because then you're you're not sitting around like, oh wait, when's that single coming? Oh, I've listened to that single like thirty times. This album's going to suck ass. Or I've listened to this single thirty times. It's going to be so much heavier than their last album. And you know stuff like that. It, like you just drop it. Yeah. You use you, you or uh, in effect subvert those criticisms and expectations. You just get right into it, and I think that I think that's something yeah. video games couldn't quite do. But I would be okay if they did. Like if Red Dead Redemption suddenly just came out in March of next year, and no one knew it was going to release. It subverts some of those expectations. Rather yeah. than just feeding I mean, mass amounts of information like Pokemon did. 
so, some companies are better at that than others, and I agree. I wish we had more of that. Like, I like that E3 is such a big thing, but I I wish that the, you got the big E3 announcement, and then it was just like, this game is coming out next month or something. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know what I mean? Like, the less we agonize, because the longer you give the media time to rip apart and overanalyze your game in the media, and then you have really interesting cases like No Man's Sky, where expectations really came back to, in one hand, they helped balloon the sales of that game and then on the other hand came back to really give it a negative stain because they were um at least tentatively announcing a bunch of features and ideas that were cut and it always gets me thinking about the idea of separating the actual product from what you were expecting so yes i was disappointed but did i still like what i got you know what i mean like sometimes i go into movies like that like I'm disappointed, but the actual movie was really good. It just wasn't what I was expecting. And I think that people have a hard time separating. I agree. I agree. I I think the only problem with them just dropping things like that would be, it'd be difficult on like gaming journalists and it would be difficult on game reviewers. um, Because then they would, they would be like, Oh shit. Well, I didn't, I didn't know when to schedule this game so I could review it. I have, I have other things to do this week and it would kind of fuck with people. And you, you could think, well, maybe the game developers can kind of cue them in on that, but then that information would be leaked. You know it would. Everything gets leaked these days. So, like, if you gave some reviewers, like, a like a secret copy, you know one asshole would be like, this game's coming out in two days. And it would completely ruin everything. So, Yeah. Well, and what's weird is that some companies, like, um, Nintendo can get away with it. Animal Crossing is a game we're going to talk about mostly next week. They did not tell anyone when they were going to release that game just late November. And they didn't tell us that until October. So it was like, oh, this game's coming out next month. We're not telling you when. And then, oh, it's coming out tomorrow. And then they actually released it a day earlier than they said it was going to fucking come out. So, like, they were just, it's just confusing. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? I like that. I like that, though. Because then that causes people to not have as much expectations. They just, they have to go into it and try it. And I like that. Like, the, some of the best games I've ever played have been exactly that like what's um what remains of edith finch i didn't know anything about it i just knew josh really liked it i knew it was on sale i said okay i'll try it and to me it was one of my favorite gaming experiences of the year and that all stemmed from knowing practically nothing about the game mm-hmm. um yeah and i don't I, I don't know the the how the release happened of that game but i just think that the element of surprise plays a huge factor into expectations versus reality yeah. Indie games get that benefit a lot, I think, because they don't get as much coverage and they kind of come out of nowhere uh, as opposed to a lot of the. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I yeah, think I, I'm very thankful that indie games have that platform now because, like, with the whole Meat Boy mishap about <laughs> when they it was supposed to be released and then they got kind of fucked with the advertisement and stuff, I kind of think that hopefully that whole mishap kind of set the stand, like, set the bar higher. That. What are you talking about? Can you explain well, that? Yeah, so I don't, so I don't know if you remember this actually. So during the Meat Boy event, they uh, the last few months for the the what is it the Fall Feast um, Xbox promotion, um, they had planned on releasing this game like months later, but Xbox was like, we really want to include this game for this Fall Feast, and the um, Tommy Rafenas and Ed McMillan were like, that's two months away. We still have like almost six months left of work. And Xbox is like, you know, this will this will be huge. So you know, really boost those sales. So they stayed up like 16 hours a day, every day, 
until that release. And uh, it's well documented, like how difficult it was on them. And then when it came to the day they it finally released, the game couldn't even be found on the front page of the advertisement. You had to go into the Xbox Live Store and search for the game because they didn't oh, advertise it. Oh yeah, that was fucked. I remember you're talking about. Okay, I don't think you, I don't think you meant the Fall Feast. I think you meant the Xbox Live Summer of Arcade. I think that's what you're talking about. No, 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 no. No, it was, uh, it wasn't the summer of arcade. Cause that happened in the fall. It was the fall feast. Okay. Well, I can't. T- I'll take your word for that. But I remember that you're talking about the first Meat Boy, like how when they finally released it, they they were you couldn't even find it. It was yeah. That was that was fucked up. Honestly. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And yeah, it's. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. that one got good Let's word see. of mouth, and then everyone was jumping. Yeah. Exactly. Ex- exactly. But I, I I think that just yeah. Um, I think that kind of paved the way for higher expectations for indie games, which allows them to release whenever they want to release. I think that's not the only thing, but that's probably one of the many things because that game is so heralded in the community, especially the indie community. Yeah. I think the trick is like just a nice amount of hype and interest and don't let it stretch for years like no man's sky or in some cases, Final Fantasy fifteen and those. The games. Last Guardian. The Last Guardian, yeah, yeah. You, de- you know, that's it's just too much. Eventually, the the expectations can never be met, and that is not a place where anybody wants to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. On that note, as far as expectations go, Battlefront two came out, and that is a game that everyone's talking about for a lot of different reasons. And I managed to sucker fish into playing it with me. Um, so <laughs> thank you fish for biting that bullet. Mm-hmm. I should like, maybe not biting the bullet, biting the, biting that hook. Cause he's a sucker fish. Mm, I was thinking of like, maybe the... <laughs> what? I don't suck think it? sucker fish go for hooks. They, they suck the hook in their mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> this one does. This fish does. <laughs> well, they do. They, it, you know, you bait it, and then the hook lays on the bottom of the, the ocean floor, and they come along and suck it right in there. Um, but anyways, well, I was going to say like more like bite the laser, because there's not really, you know, Star Wars lasers. Bite the blaster bullet. Yeah, bite the blaster bullet. There we go. Um, so we got around to playing Battlefront 2. Uh, we both rented it for a couple days because we wanted to see what it was all about. I personally was intrigued about this game for a couple reasons. Number one, the first Battlefront looked cool to me, but it didn't have a campaign. And that was kind of a killer for me because I'm not really a multi online multiplayer guy. I remember Shay and a bunch of people I knew said it was actually really cool. They just wished it had a campaign mode. Um, so I was really excited when they announced the campaign in this version. And they had Janina um, in the game, Janina Gavankar. I can't pronounce her last name very well, but she is. Uh, a well-known actress. She was in like the league. She played Shiva in the league. She was in um, uh, True Blood and a bunch of. She's, she's a lot of gaming shows. I see her. She's a big gamer in the community, and she does a lot of stuff like uh, kind of funny. And I saw her on a Bombcast once. She's just a really a really cool lady. I really like uh, her personality, and um, they did a great job translating her to the game. Like the production values in this game are insane. But I thought I was really excited to see what they were gonna do with the campaign in this game. And even after hearing all the negative press, I was like, you know what? I, you know, that stuff doesn't sway me one way or the other. I like to form my own opinions. Um, I've liked many a game that people have said is not great. Um, and I wanted to have my own take on it. But I can tell you that after spending about four and a half hours or so with the campaign, um, 
that it was one of the few campaigns that I actually had to forcibly, I had to just turn it off in the middle of it and just drop it because I was just, it was torture. I was, it felt like a form of torture to continue to play that game. And we will go into further details as to why, <laughs> but I, I was bummed out, man. I really was. Um, Fish, I know I coerced you into it though. I wanted to see if maybe where you stood on the thing. You went out, rented it too. You fin. I gotta give Fish some credit. He finished the campaign in one night, um, and yeah. and played the uh, like what three or four hours of the multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. I rented it last night, which was Friday. And let's see, I started playing at 7, and I ended up calling it quits about 3 a.m. in the morning. Like, I beat the campaign around 1 in the morning and played about 2 hours of uh, the different uh, game types that they have for multiplayer. And I just wanted to get a feel of how how it was to level up and collect all the uh, coins, or not the coins, but I forgot what they call it. It's like battle points or whatever that yeah, you currency. accumulate to to get some crates and whatnot. I did want to say, um, because Fish, you have, um, before you um, go into that, because Fish did finish, he did finish mm-hmm, another yes. game. <laughs> Thank you, Fish. Another game has been added to the list. <laughs> oh, okay. is, that, is that four? Is that four horns um, that no. I heard? Yeah, four like, games. Okay. No, don't take all that credit. Same horn. Shut the fuck. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Oh, Fish is getting aggressive here. Um, hey, I didn't finish it. Well, there was a couple horns in there for Cuphead, which you finally finished, but we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. So congratulations, Fish. Um, yeah, thank you. So you played... Hey, it's, yeah, I played the campaign, and, man, it's... I like what they did as far as like the big battles that they have where it's, I think it's called galactic um, something galactic fights or whatever. And it's like 40 players, uh, 20 on 20. And um, uh, those are fun. Like they're objective based. So like you work as a team. Um, uh, well, what you're talking about the about multiplayer, right? The multiplayer. Okay, you started right off now. by saying the campaign and I was like, you threw me off there. Okay. So talk about oh. the multiplayer. Gotcha. Yeah, the multiplayer. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to hit that real quick. Um, like, uh, I don't know, like, it, it's fine, I guess, for a multiplayer, but, like, I was experiencing a lot of lag in that game, which I rarely come into contact with, with modern, you know, shooters, but maybe because it was on a bigger scale, you know, or the fact that I don't normally play uh, EA multiplayer games um and i know dice made this game did you have um, your laptop open were you also downloading a lot of horse porn at the same time by chance uh no i already did that in advance because okay. yeah i knew i was going to be online and i needed that bandwidth so. you prepped okay i'm just curious yeah yeah uh, i'm not stupid morgan <laughs> <laughs> don't try and blame this on the horse porn <laughs> this is my first yeah, rodeo <laughs> guys All right, I, know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was finished downloading by the time uh, the campaign was over Oh, yes, no. exactly. Um, oh, that was the campaign, the campaign for fish downloading the horse part. Yep, pretty much. Like, yeah, going through the campaign, uh, th- there seemed to be like there's certain story beats in that campaign that I liked where it was going, but it was briefly just there and then gone. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one part where you're, you know, you're a imperial uh uh 
operative and you come in contact with the Jedi. I don't want to ruin it, but like there there's they they go back and forth between each other and they kind of have to work together and uh Was it the Luke Skywalker part? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And, yeah. And that part was interesting to me, mm-hmm. but it was it, the game is kind of negated by the fact that this is a triple A game and a lot of productions put into it and you could tell as far as like the frame rates like the the game is superbly smooth Mm -hmm. um which works against it i think because i think the animations in this game are horrible yeah they're so bad they're terrible like as you're playing as luke skywalker in the campaign like the way he moves about as far as it's very stiff, yeah. yeah. And like anybody who runs around mm. in that game, like it just feels like you're either gliding. I know, or... Luke's. I know, yeah. Luke Skywalker's a little stiff, but you know, yeah, he's getting like turgid. Yeah, this is young Luke Skywalker, mm. so he's not older. He's still, you know, virile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. I, like I'm, I wasn't impressed by that. I wasn't yeah. impressed. Yeah, by like the enemies too. The way they move, like when I, I would notice that they would like the way the enemies move. They seem like really janky and kind of stiff. And I'm like, this is like unnatural. Yeah, and, and that compare and combined with the fact that it ran very smooth, like it mm-hmm. made those flaws like just stick out. Like I, I played it on the Xbox One because um, the Switch was on the other TV and. Um, that one was connected to the PS4, so I actually played this on the Xbox One, and I'm not sure if it was because I was playing on the Xbox One, but... Well, you played your um, Xbox One? I did, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, you haven't touched that thing in ages. The fuck are you... I know. I had a big update for it. <laughs> yeah, damn. That combined with the horse porn, it took half the day. <laughs> um, I think you had a day off. Black, fr- <laughs> Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Black. Okay, Black Friday. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I was gonna say Equius Friday, but I don't know how many people would get that joke. Yeah, I didn't. Um, <laughs> somebody, maybe one person, another. Um, no, I agree with you, Fish. Like, uh, the one thing I noticed about the campaign was that the nothing really interesting happens. Like, Fish had a good point. Like that scene he's talking about, I actually thought was kind of cool as well because there's like this little interchange between the two characters. And Luke Skywalker, again, we're not going to go into spoilers here, but he's basically, he's not being a dick to this character, but he's basically, spoilers. Um, he's basically telling him things like, hey, this isn't quite how you expected things to be. And they're just, just their dialogue, their banter back and forth was kind of interesting, but very brief. And like the crucial, this is not, I mean, if every person who's read anything about this game, and if you don't want to hear this, I'm sorry, but the main character, yes, she starts off in a, in, on the bad side. And makes a transition to the good side. Everyone knows it was coming. And it's been talked about at nauseum. But what that was like the crux of where I knew the game was not going to do it for me. And I was already at the point of almost giving up on it when that happened. Is because it's such a big deal, right? She's transforming from one side to the other. And literally, as it happens, um, she defects and goes to the, uh, the Rebellion. You walk down a hall with a character as he's talking to you. And literally... In the time it took to walk down one hallway, he goes, all right, well, I hope you can drive one of these X-Wings. Um, you're on our side now. Let's do it. And boom, she's fighting for the good guys. And it was like, there wasn't like enough like showing the, the shades of gray that they could deal with in conflict or like the gradual. Enough build up. 
Yeah, the character progression, like, and it's surprising because the the guy who wrote the story, well, I don't know how much of a hand they may have had in this because you know corporations can fuck with even the best talent. But they had Walt Whitman who helped write this game, and he was someone who was famous for Ooh. writing. Sp- um, God, I hope it. I love his it. poetry. Did I fuck? Yeah, I was gonna say oh. Walt Whitman. No, no, was no, no, he no. introducing transcendentalism into okay. Star Wars? <laughs> God damn! I'm gonna it's, the co-writer Henry David Thoreau. I'm going to out of respect. Let's talk about Walden while we're at it. God damn it! Yeah, waxing philosophic about blades oh. of grass on Alderaan. Mm. <laughs> I, as I as I stood on the Death Star, an oh, army of ants <laughs> marched along the ground in uniform fashion. Uh, it was uh, seeming Wal- to move. God damn Towards it, Jay. A space hill. Walt Williams. Walt Williams was his name. I had to go. Well, there you go. I said, Walt, I was close. Walt was, Whitman. Walt Whitman. Walt, <laughs> fuck. I don't know why I had that stuck in my head. Now I feel like a dumbass. But um, he did. He wrote. He wrote. He wrote uh, Spec Ops. I want to play that game. You know what? I would too. So do I. Um, he, oh, random thought. They're actually making. A game based off of Henry David Thoreau's Walden, the book. Random aside. Hmm. Okay. Star Wars, Battlefront 2. Sorry oh, about that. God damn it. <laughs> I'm trying to spit this point out for 10 minutes. Okay, so anyways, he wrote Spec Ops the Lion. That, that was a game at the time that was very heralded for what the narrative did and how it dealt with war, especially at the end of that game back when it was released. And that was one of the exciting things about attaching him to this project. Um, but I just didn't see that. Granted, I, Fish says I played about 70% of the game before I I gave up uh, mercy, mercy quit. Um, but it just didn't, it didn't go, nothing interesting happened to me. I don't know, Fish, do you agree, disagree? Like, where do you stand on that? Yeah, other than that point or that one scene that I was talking about, like, nothing else really stuck out to me, um, including the gameplay. Like, Ugh. you would think at least the gameplay, like, I gave it so many, I mean, I finished the campaign, but like, the whole time I was like, yeah, maybe this is just the way it's supposed to feel but um that's what she said i i I kept going back and forth um that's exactly what she said but i kept going back and forth between uh first person um yeah she did and a third person going from first person to third person my concentration (laughs) everyone we're sabotaging each other on this podcast this is a lot of stuff yeah a lot of sabotage in here. Okay. Death Star's just going to blow up in oh. front of us. I'm well, not even going to know what the fuck happened. <laughs> Let me get you back on track. I'm horse porn. God damn. Oh, God. All right. I, I got to be excused, guys. I got to attend to my horses. <laughs> How about you hold them and finish this podcast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me rein it in. Zambo. Um, no, but like, like the games, like anything in this, as far as gameplay wise, like everything would just, it wasn't fun. Like I played it on the easiest difficulty, and there were still times when I died, and I was just like, they weren't deaths of, uh, like, oh, I, yeah, I deserve that. It was more of like, oh, I accidentally ran into this little bit of debris while flying the x-wing through space and oh, <laughs> i gotta start all over again you love I'm tapped like, oh you, god yeah you like love tapped a piece of debris and your ship explodes <laughs> yeah and 
and that happens at just about every uh you know, flight or every time you're in, flying around in that game like you have to watch out for i mean it makes sense yeah you crash into something you're gonna yeah, blow yeah, up yeah. but still it's like it's just frustrating in a game gaming sense well, it's funny because I played it on easy too, and I was like weirded out by how often I was dying. I'm like, do I just suck at this game? And I was like, no, this is not possible. I would take my time, and like, there was just, I was just surprised at like how quickly my life would drop sometimes. I'm like, this is like ridiculous. Like, this is not, it didn't feel like the good kind of challenge hard. It just felt like, no, inconsistent. And, and, but, but that, that's not yeah. my biggest complaint. It was just the mission designs, very generic. This guy is going to operate on this computer. Defend oh, him yeah. for three minutes while waves of stormtroopers come in. You know? Uh, All that kind of stuff. Like, the, the ship that. missions where they even put you in, in these cool, I guess, power trip fantasies for big Star Wars fans out there. You do, like, the most rote things. Like, the first time you're in a uh, TIE fighter, um, you're just, like, flying around shooting these stationary, like, little, like relay stations in space. Or I don't remember what they were called. But it was, like, the most generic shoot this floating thing in I couldn't believe it. Like, some of the missions, I was like, who in the hell designed this? It was like a, it was like the most primitive, generic corporate game design I have seen in, in ages. It was just like, mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. Ugh. And that's because yeah. you haven't played a new Call of Duty recently. Well, it's, it's been a little while. Likely. Yeah. Last year. Yeah, oh, that's true. I did play Infinite Warfare. It felt worse to me. It felt it felt worse. But I think a part of that is because this game is appealing to if you look big picture, Battlefront, they there's a lot of people that are gonna play this game that are not maybe you're the biggest gamers in the world, right? So a lot of this game does feel a little watered down for a mass audience. Um and I don't mean that in sort of to insult the like general intelligence of the mass audience, but there's people that don't play a lot of games, they might not be as cynical about this. They're just happy to to grab their blaster. Yeah. And shoot stormtroopers for five hours. Definitely. <clears throat> yeah, and, and I could see that. I could see how those people would enjoy this game. I mean, um, as far as, like, the atmosphere, like, it's all Star Wars. Like, any Star Wars fan out there is going to enjoy this game to some degree. Um, but I feel like it's not fair for critical gamers like you and me, Morgan, to play this game and expect anything out of it other than, you know, that AAA type of experience that, just seems so generic yeah yeah uh, i'm with you 100 percent um it's it's strange it's very strange honestly and uh i i can i know a lot of people are disappointed and frustrated we didn't even get into the whole loot box thing but after that whole debacle they changed right before the game released they changed the whole loot box currency but it's kind of left the whole multiplayer in sort of a strange state of affairs right now anyway but that stuff doesn't affect me personally because i don't care about the multiplayer but it was kind of sad to see you know that whole debacle unfold in the, in the game and media and then of course they took out all that shit right before the game launched so <clears throat> it's it's weird man and that's not even including the campaign which i was hoping would be a bright spot in in the midst of all that hmm. but i mean it is what it is i mean i i think that maybe really like fish said the atmosphere um the atmosphere is spot on for Star Wars fans, but it's not like there haven't been a ton of Star Wars games that have already been released where you can get that. The Star Wars music, and you can get in Star Wars vehicles and all stuff. Like, I, it just... Maybe I'm not hard enough down the Star Wars road uh, to... Let me rephrase that. Hard enough down the Star Wars road. That doesn't make sense. Um, maybe I'm not as entrenched in the, 
the world of Star Wars. Like I enjoy it. I, I love some of the films. I love Knights of the Old Republic. It's one of my favorite games ever. But I consider myself more neutral on the plane. Um, <clears throat> and I was still interested in this game. But maybe for those who are really hardcore into Star Wars, there's more to glean from this. But the game itself is just basic and un- and uninteresting. It just is. There's not. There's not enough. Inter- At least with um, Wolfenstein 2, a game we talked about a couple weeks ago, the, the gameplay in that is a little faster. And even though it was like frustrating and I didn't really enjoy myself, by comparison to this, it was like a fine wine. You know what I mean? Like it was just it. And, and that game had crazy, like insane story beats to keep you going when the story would, uh, when the gameplay would wear on you, right? There wasn't anything to really look forward to uh, in this game. That's too bad. I feel bad for Janina and everybody involved because the production values are insane. And uh, it just felt like, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like, uh, I, I wish that EA actually, like, I have more hype for that, that Star Wars game that was going to be more story driven, that was um, oh, the, being the, headed by Amy Hennig oh, from yeah. Naughty Dog. The one that got canceled. Like, yeah. The one, yeah. The, well, well, it's not canceled. It's um, being restructured as a different type of game yeah. at this point. Um, which is a shame. Like I really would like to play a uh, a Star Wars game in that type of fashion, in kind of like an uncharted, uncharted type of storytelling, yeah. where the focus is mainly on the characters and um, all the different shit that happens around them. Like set in a Star Wars universe, that sounds amazing, and I can see sorts of hints of that in Battlefront, but um, yeah. they just there, there, yeah, just wasn't much there. EA's fucked. I mean, they they fucked up Mass Effect. They they fucked this this whole Star mm-hmm. Wars is a clusterfuck. From what I heard, they fucked yeah. up Need for Speed, even though I don't really give a shit about that. That company is just fuck. They're just fucked right now. Like nothing. There and and they might be financially successful, but they're just not making anything interesting. Uh, and that's that's too bad. It's too bad. But yeah, mm. it, it sucks when they, they when they're trying to just appeal to the most. Yeah. Most amount of people out there and yeah. try and hit every little point to yeah. get make a sell. Well, that I mean that's that's their issue. I mean they did that with the Mirror's Edge sequel recently. Mm. They polished it to the point where it sucked. Like it's just <laughs> the sequel's not good. It's just it is a much more mass appeal type game. An average person would like it better than the first one, but it's not better. They stripped it's all the not, personality out of. It. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's not good. Um Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Like there were issues in the first one, but like I it I would rather play that any day of the week than the sequel. So yeah. To be honest with you, EA can go fuck itself. After they shut down the studio that made Dead Space, I ceased giving a fuck about them. To be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, that's serious. I, that's not I, a joke. That's hundred percent serious. Mass Effect was. I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those things where now I'm looking at um, what's that game they're making? Uh, the big the big new Destiny s game. The name is escaping me. I'm sorry. Oh, shoot! My mind's Vanguard or no, no, no. It's. I know to, what you're talking. We're gonna about. have to edit out our stumbling now. Let's just mm-hmm. um for for the next five minutes. Let's try to figure out. What I know the, exactly what you're talking about. My brain's just not working. It did have a generic like one. Yeah, type. it's yeah, it's like a single word. 
goddamn. <laughs> we're gonna, we're, we're gonna edit this all. No, I have to look it up now. But we're, we can just edit this rambling out later if we have to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, that's the issue with these dumb single yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. And with, well, the name's forgettable, so apparently it's not that exciting. Um, <laughs> we can't remember the fucking name of it. But God, that that looked interesting from the E3 trailer. You know, but now, yeah, Hedro. We're all looking forward <laughs> yeah, to Hedro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but I mean, now that we've seen what the reality of their products have been, their track record is not suggesting anything exciting from that. So, um, yeah, that's Battlefront Two. Props, to, props to you, Fish, for at least sticking it out and finishing. It. I mean, yeah, yeah, I wanted to see it through. Like, I haven't played an EA game in a long time. Like I said, and yeah, there is nothing in redeemable. Even the addicting stuff that would normally in a game that would have got me excited or Uh kept me going through it. Like, like the the opening of their crates was just mechanical. That's it's probably the worst crate opening I've ever (laughs) seen in my life. Worst crate opening of the year. (laughs) Twenty. Seriously. It was like, it's like Like, this three way fold out crate that Mm -hmm. little disc shoot out. And then you get like this weird card hologram that, that you don't even know what it does from just looking at it. You have to go through the menu and see exactly what, yeah, what rarity it is and everything. I mean, it has a glow on it, but like it's, it was god awful. Like it even like, it wasn't smooth or anything. Mm-hmm. It it wasn't like a Overwatch type of uh, crate opening where stuff just falls down and like explodes out of it in an epic fashion. It was mm-hmm. just it was terrible. I, yeah, nothing in this game. Come on, yeah. I mean, really. if you're gonna, you gotta nail. If you're gonna include like an insidious loot system, you gotta at least nail the little things about that. You know, you got, mm-hmm. you got to. Yeah. It's funny because this, these kind of games, playing um, Wolfenstein and Battlefront, gave me more of an appreciation for Destiny Two because I'm just like, well, I was looking at my girlfriend and I'm like, Destiny Two, you just shoot hundreds of enemies too, but why is it so much more engaging? And I had to think about it. I was like, oh. The art direction is incredible. The gameplay is much more interesting. You can jump into a pile of enemies and like you, it feels frantic and fun. Like you're punching your shit. You're doing all these things and you never feel overwhelmed, even though you are overwhelmed. And and the way they handle loot and like Fish said, loot crates and stuff and like the, these different aspects to like the polish of the game and the presentation, like everything about those. Like it, when you play these kind of games, it makes you, me really appreciate the shooters that that do do it well. So that's one nice thing about getting that point of reference for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same here. Uh, so that's it. Battlefront 2. We bit the blaster bullet for you. Um, although if you played the game and you enjoyed it, I'm, you know, that's cool too. To each their own. Um, moving on here. Fish got a Switch. I thought that was the next, the next big news to, to throw in here. Fish did it, everybody. He got a Switch finally. Yeah, I pulled the trigger on it. Mm-hmm. You flipped yeah, the I- Switch? No, sure. No. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well. You know, um, I after watching Fish's Instagram video that it has uh, a lot of people have really enjoyed on our page, I've realized why they call it the Switch now. You know, when things are getting stale in the bedroom, and if you're a married life, just switch it up with a bunch of exciting products from Nintendo. Um, and uh, yep. <laughs> it's all it's all revealing. <laughs> nothing, nothing like jerking off to. Nice piece of technology. Yeah. Um, no. I, I, <laughs> Can you repeat that? You know what? I, <laughs> <laughs> look, I just got, look how that just casually rolled out of them. Nothing like jerking off to a nice piece of technology. 
And then he kind of stared yeah. longingly into space. <laughs> um. uh, actually, I, I made that video just for you guys. I figured it'd be just funny, you know, me opening up. I, want, I didn't really necessarily wanted to get a picture of me with the Switch or anything like that, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to make something somewhat comical as far as opening up this this Switch box and... Yeah, that's what came out, so... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But yeah, so, holy shit, you got it. You opened it. How, did, tell me all about it. How are you feeling about it? Um, so far, it's uh, pretty good. Uh, I've played it in handheld mode, which is just fine. I, I've only played uh, Mario Odyssey, but... um, Man, that's a great game. I've definitely enjoyed it so far. I've made it to... um. I guess if you count the introductory level, I'm at the fourth level where it just starts to branch off into two different areas, and I chose a lake area. But okay. um, yeah, uh, I've, it's it's pretty fun so far. Um, uh, and I thought maybe I wouldn't like the uh, the controllers, you know, separated. Like that took me a while to get used to, but after a while, it actually felt very natural. Like just holding two. The, the controller separated, you know, just individually in your hands. And, um, so you've, like, you've played it on uh, your TV and you've played the handheld mode? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, handheld mode. Um, I will say in the handheld mode, like, uh, the picture isn't as great. It drops, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, which wasn't that bad. It maybe took me maybe five minutes to get used to, um, just because it, it the frame rate kind of drops down a little bit and, um, it's it's not as smooth, I guess. But other than that, yeah, everything else, like the controls and everything, still played out just perfectly. Um, but yeah, that that that's a. I'm surprised how much I actually like that console, even though I've only had two days with it. Um, I'm definitely enjoying it. Like, uh, uh, just a concept of, like I did it today. Like my daughter was playing some of Mario. I was like, okay, I want to play. And I took it from her, and I wanted to put it on TV. And, like, I put it right into the dock and then slid out the controllers, and, like, I was already playing. It yeah. just feels great to just be playing right right then and there. Seamless, because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the game, like, it, it also saves where you're at. Like, if you just turn it off and turn it back on, it's right where you left it, which is great, too, as far as gaming. Yeah. Like, it, Nintendo definitely nails the gaming on the go with this console i think um yeah much like the 3ds where it would save your state whenever you just you know close it up uh, instead of powering down um and they they translated that over to the switch which is just great um it's um but yeah it's I mean, and you went and got zelda today too so that that was a just, yep i'm glad to see that that one i'm excited to talk about too so um yeah yeah i'm not sure if i want to beat mario because I I might get too entrenched with uh, Zelda to the point where I don't want to go back to Mario. But no, you can you um, can switch. See, this is my opinion because Mario is so light, and you can just play a little bit at a time. I have no problem playing a little Mario in between other games. For me, it's like a nice palate cleanser. You know what I mean? Because there's not a lot of emotional investment. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Yeah, and um, yeah, I get. Yeah, the story's pretty simple. You just chasing after bowser with the princess um bowser's a creep but, he's creepy in this one everything's about sex even in the happy world of mario it's about sex all right bowser 
is stealing Princess Peach to marry her. But we all know where that's going to lead, right? It's even in the most happiest and simplest of worlds, still about sex. In our world, sex guides everything. Everything is fucking sex. All right, I just had to get it off my chest. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. well, actually, Bowser, job. And on the next gas station philosophy <laughs> episode. Uh-huh. Why does Bowser always want to rape Princess Whoa, Peach? whoa, no, come on, Fish, no, too he's far. just waiting for her to lay her eggs so we're... he can... Yeah. <laughs> we should just... Oh, that's right. I want to bleep yeah, out. Turtle. Turtle. Wow. Turtle, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right, so... that's right. It is a little creepy, well, though. That, no. The wedding band is bigger than her. I mean, there's just something creepy about that. Well, the eggs are inside of Princess Peach, mm-hmm. and when it ha- Bowser have to... Nah, I don't want to go down that road. Never mind. <laughs> true, uh, true knowledge. Bowser is actually based off of an alligator snapping turtle. The more you know. Mud dragon. Mud dragon. Oh, Bowser the mud dragon. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, actually, I think about the other day because I'm obsessed with turtles. I was like, I really have a new appreciation for Bowser now because he is a fucking turtle. He's an alligator snapping turtle, and then just made me more angry that you fight bunnies the whole. Game. Because I really, I want the Koopalings, man. I miss all the other turtles. Yeah. The, they do some pretty interesting stuff with those bosses. What, as far as, like, the, the Brutals go. What's your biggest complaint with the game so far? I mean, it sounds like you're really enjoying it. But is there anything that sticks out to you? Like, for me, it was just the art direction was kind of weird. Um, but have you had any com- Uh, Well, the last, like, really great Mario game that I played was Mario Galaxy 2. Uh, which is a great game. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I haven't played anything since then, really. And yeah, it's just weird to see like um. Well, I I want to say it's weird. It's more of like this. It's it's crazy to see that Mario still is Mario, but like in this three D type of fashion and almost cinematic ways as well. Yeah. Like, I I grew up in, in you know Super Mario World where it's just you're you're at your first level and you're just running across the level mm-hmm. and get into the next area um this one there there's little things in between but um the core of mario is still there like you're running around and now there's collectibles and and i don't know it just it feels like a mario game that's almost familiar at times but um I mean, it's stuff that you haven't done, so it it also feels new, um, which is a weird balance in my head. Mm-hmm. But that's what um, Nintendo's really good at that. Yeah, I, and the two yeah, D stuff is really cool too. Like, I still I realize that the reason I like the two D stuff is not just because there's two D Mario in the game. It's because like how they incorporate it, like the aesthetic, like everything they do with whenever you go to a two D section as you're playing it. There's one part. This is. Not a spoiler. So again, I was afraid of Mario spoilers ever since we had that one incident. But um, when you get to the city, fish, there's this part where you go into a theater, and when you go into the theater, there's a bunch of humans, creepy humans, watching a movie. And you go into a pipe, and you actually be go into the movie. It's a two D section that you play, and the movie is what? the movie that you're that you're playing is the first level from Super Mario Brothers. Um, wow, that's weird. And every time you get a, a piece of a moon. Everybody in the audience that's watching you in the theater cheers. They're like, hey! <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that sounds cool, actually. Yeah, like it's mm-hmm. it's how they did the incorporated the 2D stuff in the game that that make that made me enjoy it so much. Because there's plenty of 2D Mario games out there. Yeah. It's not just that. Yeah. Yeah, the way they 
the way you transition to them too is pretty cool mm-hmm. as far as like you just walk into a pipe and then it goes that pipe connects to a 2d pipe um and yeah they do a lot of interesting stuff with that 2d as well oh. like some of them like you're spiraling up a tower or um you're turning a corner on one um there there was even Upside a point down. where like <laughs> yeah it was inverting the gravity yeah. on there and mm-hmm. that i showed that to my daughter and it kind of blew her mind she was like oh, what how'd you do that dad how are you walking on the ceiling yeah. i'm like you, don't you see the arrows how they're pointing she's like oh and yeah, yeah it's it, it, it's such a blast to do. Um, is your daughter? Is your daughter? Uh, you're you're gonna love it once you get to the post game. There's actually later on a cube where you're playing it in 2D. You have to go to all the faces of the cube to get through oh, there. Nice. All all nice. in 2D. Wow. And it's, it's 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 really well done. That's cool. Yeah, that, that's almost like on par with like something portalless or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a 2D moment at the end of New Donk City, which you're pretty close to fish. Um, which is one you should at least get the, through New Donk City before you delve into Zelda. You're close. Um, and it's it's okay. it's not really hard. It's a 2D section. I'm gonna say there is shades of one of my favorite people in all of uh, Nintendo, and it's 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 one of my favorite moments of the year. It's really it's really cool. Um, um, I won't say anything else. Donkey Kong. Ah, yeah, you're, you're, how do you, how do you, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it's cool. I don't want to say any more. It's pretty cool. Even, okay, yeah. Even my, yeah, definitely I'll spend some more time with that game Um, this next few days. I'll slip back. I wanted to do another Zelda show too because we talked about Zelda a lot at the beginning of the year and we had a much smaller following as well. So now that we have more people that listen to our show, I wanted to have like a, not only that, but I want to refresh Zelda and Resident Evil before the end of the year because like this year has been one of the best years ever. So Game of the Year's come around. I haven't played Zelda since March and like I feel like I don't have a good context for how much that game really meant to me. So I kind of want to like just remind myself a little bit where I stand. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can't wait to jump into that. It's see what all the hype now. That's expectations. You want <laughs> you can't play Zelda without reading an article on the internet about it's the one of the greatest games ever. So that's tough to go into, but you know what? Mm-hmm. It's a great game. It's a really great game. Good time. Uh, well, Fish, I'm excited that you have a Switch now. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say about the Switch before we move on? I know it's a big purchase for you, so if there's something else that's you know, rolling around in your skull. Um, I want to say that I want to thank you for your video because um, after everything you did with the Switch when you first opened it, um, I that we, you know, post on our Instagram, I, it's good because from a quality standpoint, I want, Everything YouTube would allow us to show. Yes, yeah. <laughs> from like a quality testing standpoint, I now know what the Switch can endure, you know what I mean, and still work and function. So I thank you for putting it through those that rigorous testing process. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no problem. I know. You guys should really try that out with all your new consoles. Just just put it through the ringer. The, the cables, um, the cables break too easily though for the asphyxiation stuff. I just <laughs> they're not they're not the the strength I'm looking for. Um, yeah, maybe they'll recall those and do a better job. Right. Um, I did get it at Best Buy and bought their two year uh, oh, warranty on there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And Best Buy actually has a really good two-year warranty, um, jokes aside. Um, so, yeah, like, it being a handheld and, of course, letting my daughter play with it, 
Um, I've already v- turned her loose playing it handheld mode. Mm-hmm. Um, Is she digging already, it? So she likes the game? She loves yeah. it. She loves it, man. Uh, I, I I started it on assist mode, which, you know, it yeah, I told you about that. has arrows on it. Yeah. yeah, and it points them towards where they have to go. And um, that's great and all, but, like, I was watching her play it a little bit, and she was kind of, like, missing out on some secrets because those arrows just really point you towards progressing through the main part of the stage i would say mm-hmm. because there's so many little areas in in these worlds that hold little secrets whether it's you know those purple coins or a hidden moon like yeah. it's very easy to miss all that stuff in assist mode but it, it does help a lot as far as like you know younger kids getting a hang of that game and getting getting the controls down. she can still explore it's just yeah when you have an arrow telling you where to yeah. go it's yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. But you can, my kid, yeah. I've been surprised at how much my kid loves that game, man. She's going to make me look bad. Like, every morning she wakes up, and she goes downstairs, and she pulls it off the dock and just plays it while I... Because she's been on vacation, so I've just been sleeping in. And uh, she wakes up really early because she's used to school. And she just plays it every fucking day. When she got off the school, she'd play it every fucking day. So it's like, I, I haven't looked at her moon count, but she just plays it and gets three or four moons a day. and. Runs around and goes whatever ever she wants, and she fucking she loves that fucking. Game. She actually, um, um, I, I made a video, a cute video of my daughter, and it's I I had some recording issues, so I wasn't I'm not gonna be able to put it up. But I was trying to make it like her favorite games of the year list, and she told me her favorite games of the year, and Mario was definitely her number one. So, and it was without hesitation. I was like, "What's your favorite game?" She's like, "Mario." <laughs> <laughs> that's cool um, surprise on her list near automata at number two which made me laugh so much she's like <laughs> just five years old uh i don't know about the validity of that list she's procured for us yeah well she she's like the game with the big sword and the girl with the white hair and, I'm, and i saw i showed her near and she's like that's it and i was like that's right she played near for hours doing the shitty fishing and you, the easy mode in that game is really easy because you have like a little robot that follows you that shoots everything. Um, and she, you can jump and kind of glide in that game and kill the robots. And she, just, she, she said like the funniest thing, cause you know how like kids phrase things in a way that's just very much like a kid would phrase it. So the world in near automata is very like run down and like, you know, very barren and sad. Right. And she was talking about the dead cars. She's like, all the dead cars? And I'm like, that's a, <laughs> that's pretty much what a kid would see it as, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she loves that game. So. Weird. <laughs> not not for the robot um, AI philosophy that a lot of people are enjoying it for, that's for sure. <laughs> She's five. You don't have to have that discussion yet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's cool fish. Excited to hear more about Mario and Zelda in the coming weeks. I'm going to jump back into Zelda too. Uh, so next on the list, the game of my dreams, um, Shay wanted me to talk about this next, and that is Final Fantasy Monster of the Deep. This is it, guys. I have been waiting. I mean, if we only had a podcast for me to talk about one game, my entire existence, this would be it. Huh. I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, so just to set it up here, since I was a kid, I've always wanted an RPG fishing game, fantasy RPG fishing game. And as we joked about last year, Final Fantasy 15 released, and they had a mini game, a very deep mini game, where you could go fishing in the world with Noctis, and they had all these different locations and lures, and it was, it was legit. There was depth, just like the Triple Tree ad or Blitzball or any other Final Fantasy minigame 
that fishing in that game was fucking legit. You could have taken that out and it would have been its own incredible game. Um, and I got really addicted to it and that fulfilled a fantasy for me. In fact, if I, t- if they didn't have the fishing in Final Fantasy 15, it wouldn't have been my favorite game of the year last year. It would have been number five. I thought about that a lot. And I, I know for a fact it would have been my number five. That's how important the fishing was because it, it was like combining a great game with a, a dream mini game for me, um, just for context. So anyways, um, when I found out about this game, I remember I was watching the E3 conference with Josh. We were watching the, P- the Sony event, and they had the VR segment, and they showed the preview for this weird fishing game based off Final Fantasy XV in VR. And you guys know I was a big VR supporter at the time, and I lost my fucking shit. I was so excited. I was screaming. Um, <laughs> And the nice thing was, we talked about expectations earlier. They didn't release a lot in this game. In fact, I thought it was going to be one of those weird cases where I was going to wake up one day and they were like, you know, it just wasn't budget worthy to continue this, so we've scrapped the fishing game. And I would have just been like a fucking wreck. Because we see that happen all the time in the industry. Games just get scrapped. And I'm like, surely they're going to wake up one day and realize this is a terrible financial idea. Like, nobody has (laughs) VR. It's a fishing game, so it's already fucking niche as hell. Like, why the hell are we doing this? Um, but it was not scrapped. It was released on November 21st. I made sure to download it immediately the second it was released and, uh, had everything charged for the next morning. I woke up, took my daughter to school, drove back. I thought for sure I was going to get hit by a truck or something. I would never get to play the game. Some sort of dark twist of fate. I was going to get decapitated or something. (laughs) something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, he was driving home to play that fishing game and a semi truck took his head off. You know? Yeah completely destroyed by a truck carrying cans and cans of chicken of the sea. <laughs> I was thinking diet Dr. Pepper caffeine free. <laughs> That's a beautiful way to go. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, I thought I, I did try to knock this down so it can be as succinct as possible because um, I am still playing it. So I put about 10 hours into it. Good luck. I know I, I can, I can, I've, I've condensed my thoughts down there's a lot of cool things about it you get to create your own character um which is is a nice thing that i haven't done in a final fantasy yeah. game in a long time um i gave my uh, my girl has a really cool marlboro tattoo like you can give them like body tattoos and i was like oh my god this looks incredible it's like the marlboro from final fantasy and it's like all up and down her arm it's just a badass tattoo idea on top of it it's like this is fucking incredible um the just opening right when i turned the game on the opening menu screen in VR was just beautiful. It's it's perfectly rendered. There's a big fish swimming at you. There's this like beautiful piano music. And I was just like, oh yes, I'm fucking heaven right now. I was so happy. Um <laughs> the the first morning I played it, I had a lot of issues with my my VR, and it was I found out later that it was just my fault. There's a really common thing you have to do with VR, which is where when you get out of alignment, and I was probably so cracked out on Final Fantasy excitement that I forgot that you just hold the options button on the, on the controller and it fixes everything. It realigns everything in the game. And I guess I forgot to do that because I was having a lot of issues, but when I started realigning the options button, everything was fine. And, and like, I didn't have a single problem after that as far as like uh, the functionality. Uh, and Fish, I tried the move controllers for you. I tried them for mm-hmm. a whole hour. Yeah. Fucking I'm curious. hated them. Fucking hated them. What? Um, Why? What's wrong with you? Here's the biggest reason. Number one, when you use the move controllers, it's you can't just select like menu stuff. So let's say you want to switch a lure or something, you have to do a lot of like awkward head twitching and movement to select things because you know there's no D-pad on the move controllers. 
Um, hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of like basic movement and stuff is more difficult. And then on top of that, even though the casting is, is fine, um, actually feels great, you use the left move controller, you have to physically reach up to the handle, pull the trigger to grab the handle, and then twist it around like this, like a fishing pole, right? And it feels a little weird to have to do that every time, and not to mention it's an entire move controller, so it doesn't feel like you're turning a small, like, um, crank reel. Yeah, right. if you... Right. If, or, or more like, uh, I guess, <clears throat> Twilight Princess's fishing game um, with an Wiimote and a nunchuck. Um, that felt more natural, I guess, because that the yeah. nunchuck was the a lot nunchuck is, Yeah, that thing weighs almost light. nothing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that's why I, I guess it felt so good in in that regard in in that game um yeah i guess yeah having a move controller which is a lot bigger and a little bit more clunkier than the nunchuck uh, i guess that would feel a bit awkward they, they, as far as like doing that for each reel in no that's a good point yeah and i and i wanted to try that out and that's that's honestly how i felt about it and look i wish i worked for them because i could have designed it better if, if i had a way to creatively design it better i could have fucking done it all right it can be done you don't need you know there's ways to do it but Anyways, the point is, with the controller, it feels great. You still get the, the motion of feeling like you're throwing the, the fishing pole. You can select everything quicker. Grabbing, there's one thing that's really important you have to do in the game where you grab this little, like, radio off of you, and you, you have to press X. And what that does is it sends out sonar. Doo, 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 and you can see where the fish are, which makes it a lot easier. It's important. You actually have to do that to, to see the fish. If you do that with the move controllers, you have to literally look down at yourself, grab the... Uh, radio thingy off your chest hold it out and then press a button it's a pain in the ass when you have a controller you just hold l2 and tap x super easy right um so there's a lot of it and the coolest thing is by to reel in fish you just spin the joystick like this in circles feels much more like reeling in real life because it's just like a small little sort of nub you're going round and round and round and round it does get a little tiring after a while but it felt more natural than the big crank of the move controller so um yeah the actual normal controller feels great i really enjoyed it Okay. Yeah, I was curious about that because I, in, being in VR, I would think the those uh, <coughs> excuse me, those motion sticks would uh, feel a lot better. It's you know, it depends on how you hold a fishing pole in real life. Whether you use one or two hands as well, like throwing the controller doesn't feel that weird. It still feels like you're getting the motion. You're throwing something out there. It feels it feels good. Anyway, that's just the basic controls which are important. The game is gorgeous. They take a lot of the environments from Final Fantasy 15 and they expand upon them. It's not just like a copy and pasted thing. Like you go to a place and there's like three or four fishing points within that area. They do a lot of cute things. Like when you walk on, well, this is a true story. This fucking killed me too. So my daughter was playing it and she walked up on this dock and she looked to her left. And just for fun, they've like rendered these creatures from Final Fantasy in the game as like a cute homage for Final Fantasy fans. So they took these crabs from Final Fantasy 15, these giant crabs that you could fight in Final Fantasy 15, and they're just decoration. They're like standing on the dock. And so she turns and she looks at this crab in VR and she just starts fucking crying. She rips off the VR headset headset and she's just crying. She's like shaking. And I can understand where she's coming from because it looks real. Like you're standing there, this is crab, and, and she was terrified, but um for people like me, there's just a lot of cool... I sat there staring at that crab for like five minutes. I was like looking at all of his little appendages and his little eyes and shit. Um, beautiful. Beautifully rendered. The only issue the game has is, like most VR games, from a distance, things tend to feel a little blurry to me. Um, and that's just... I don't think it's just resolution. There's a lot of things that go into it. Lighting, 
uh, maybe even polish because the opening menu screen, you can see for like a good mile, it seems like under this ocean water, there's like a 30 or 40 feet away, there's like a floating boat. And I, I've explored that menu screen for far longer than any normal human should. And it looks beautiful. There's no problems, but certain, certain areas look gorgeous and certain areas where there's a lot of busy work. Like there's um, this area called the Cressholm Reservoir from Fall Days 15. And it's like a really cool, like muddy reservoir place. But in the background, there's this giant sort of mechanical structure with a lot of detail. And it looks awful in VR because there's just too much fucking detail and it's in a distance. Um, so the, the visuals are a little inconsistent. They range from beautiful, everything from two or three feet away looks in, incredible. Um, and in some levels from 10 to 15 feet away, looks really great. And, but if I'm being objective from a distance, there are definitely some inconsistencies where certain levels and there's certain textures and stuff, it can be a little fuzzy and a little distracting. Um, and that's too bad. That's go ahead. Fishing. Yeah. I, I'd imagine that'd be them trying to work with their technical limitations they have with the VR yeah. and like, that seems sensible for them to make the stuff that's closer towards the character in that world a lot more detailed and kind of sacrifice the the detail in often as far as like the draw distances like that uh, yeah that, that's something that's just a technical difficulty that they had to work around and that's probably the most sensible thing they could do uh in this game uh, for that fact and maybe if they had like a uh, maybe if you had like a PS4 Pro, maybe it'd be a little bit. I wonder. Run a little bit more smoother, you know. I wonder. Yeah, I've been thinking about that because yeah. yeah, if you have one of the newer PSVR sets, it does take more advantage of the PS4 options. Um, but uh, it's it's one of those things that's like I know probably like think about how fast they got this whole game out within a year, and I guarantee you, Square Enix was like, "Look, we can reuse assets and do this really intelligently and really cool, and we can make some money." But I, I, I guarantee you Square was not allowing them to, was not throwing the boat in here. This game feels very much constructed of similar parts. That doesn't mean I'm not loving the hell out of it and they haven't put a lot of time into it, but it feels very much like a lot of assets were creatively lifted and used from Final Fantasy XV. Um, and that, I guess, like, so, like um, a little bit of the magic might be lost just because I did so much fishing in Fall AC 15 that I'm seeing a lot of similar fish and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean there's not a lot of new incredible fish. One of the biggest surprises for me has been the fucking boss battles in this game. Surprisingly cool. You basically, there's these, so you're, you're referred to as a hunter, which is really weird. I didn't expect any of that. And that's like the main story of the game. You're a hunter trying to find these, this evil fish that is poisoned. The, there's all these like infected fish too. And you have to like, basically when you do the bounties, you're catching these poisoned fish to sort of like purify things. Um, which is a really cool concept. And the boss fish you fight are just incredibly badass looking. And it's like the, the people who made this game wanted to make their own weird VR action game, but they square wouldn't let them do it. So they're like, all right, well, when we make this fishing game, let's just throw this in there. It works. So you like, you pull out a crossbow at times and you literally shoot these fish and it's just comical. The shit that happens. Cause this game is like batshit crazy in a good way. Right. Um, like there's, a, there's a battle where you fight this giant catfish thing in this reservoir. And when it splashes in the water, these giant mud balls fly up at you and you have to like aim at the mud balls as they sink at you. And if you don't, they hit you and kill you. Um, there was one where there was this giant goblin shark looking fish and it would fly really fast woo, 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 back and forth. And you had to like keep your eye on it because it would go underwater and then it would fly at you full speed and you had to shoot it right as it jumped at you. And if you didn't shoot it in time, I died on that fight. 
um, and it was like really stressful and tense. And like all the boss battles are super quirky and fun and goofy. And that sounds badass. That's almost like an arcade game at that yes. point, like one of those light gun yes. type of arcade games. Mm-hmm. I miss those games. <sighs> well, Josh, yeah. PSVR has a lot of them. Rush of Blood, Until Dawn. That's a good one. Me and Fish played. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're in small doses. They're fun for sure, and it just breaks up the monotony of the fishing just enough. Um, you know, other little things like that. I, I died on that fight and I had to go back and do that whole area again, right? To catch a couple fish. Uh, it took me back to a weird save point that I thought was kind of shitty. Um, some of the movement is kind of annoying. There's little things, but the only big complaint I have with the game, honestly, is just, like I said, some of the visuals from a distance can be a little fuzzy and a little distracting. And that's just the reality of the technology. But that's the only thing that's actually impeding my enjoyment. Other than that, it has been incredible. I'm having a great time. Um, I woke up the next day after playing it for six hours. You should never play VR for six hours a day. I don't recommend it. I did. I woke up the next day. I felt like I had been gang-banged by a pack of gorillas. It was just every part of my body hurt. Um, and if you don't know, gorillas have... I think he'd be dead. <laughs> the irony is that gorillas have very small penises, but they're incredibly strong. So I imagine that's just a very strange sensation. Um, but. It was my whole body hurt. I had a headache. My eyes were like dry and arid. And I, I had to take a break the whole next day. So my VR legs are all shot. Um, it's great. It's been, um, I didn't have a specific expectation, but like there's times where I'm playing it. I'm like, I can't believe this is real. I can't believe I'm playing in an age where I can literally be inside of a fishing game in virtual reality, and this is so weird. How did they green like this? How does this game exist? It just, every time I'm playing, I'm like, why does this exist? Even even during the boss battles I was telling you guys about with the crossbow, they're playing this epic, like, metal. Final Fantasy metal. Like, and I'm just like, this is fucking ridiculous, man. And it, the presentation is crazy. It's <laughs> it's it's so cool. Um, That's all for now. I will, uh, I'm still going to spend some time with it, and I'll be back. Um next week with some more thoughts that's a nice transition for shay as well too because he got to try vr for the first time granted it was at a crowded japanese bar but i'll let him tell the story here uh shay if you'd like to indulge us yeah um so for a few months now i heard about uh this cafe um near nagoya or in the nagoya area that had vr um headsets mm-hmm. i've been wanting to go for months i've been wanting to go since actually i think about july and I had this plan. Um, I didn't want to tell you guys about it, that I was just going to go film me playing it and put it up on our social media stuff. And uh, for whatever reason, my friends couldn't remember what the name of the place was until um, actually this month. Mm. And they finally remembered, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah, finally. So <clears throat> kind of on a whim, um, I went. and. Um, this place called Game Mountain, mm-hmm. and it's actually two separate stories. There's like one on the second floor and one on the fourth floor. Um, okay. And it was, it was a little bit more professional than the other one I've been to. The other one is owned by an American guy. It's very cheap. It's very um like very cheap to play games. Not the establishment. It's a very nice establishment. Um, critical hit. It's a nice place. Um, it's pretty low key, but this other place just feels a little bit more upper class. Per se, it's like a step up. Um, they charge a lot more m- money, though. It's like, I think I had to spend $25 for two hours. Mm. However, um, That's not bad. 
it's not it's not great it's not terrible it's okay <laughs> yeah so um yeah and they were like okay what do you want to do and i was like i want to play vr and i can't uh what did they they said biohazard which is resident evil 7 biohazard i was <laughs> oh, like oh yeah. yeah and like two separate people told me you're gonna have a headache after you play this game and i was like yeah whatever you just you're not a gamer you don't know what you're fucking talking about and uh so i i played all the way up until the dinner scene of uh the the that's where fish played scene. that's where fish played up to yeah and um actually my eyes did start hurting and uh i had to turn it off at that point because uh my eyes started hurting so bad but it was awesome i loved the immersion of it it was wonderful um I I really enjoyed being able to like as you're walking up to the house, kind of just look up and down and around at all the trees and shrubs, and you can see a crow, yeah. and then you walk up to the crow, and that's cool. It scares um, you; it jumps it out of you. Grainy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little grainy, which is fine. So be expected; they'll get better with time um, as more support happens but yeah it was uh overall it was pretty damn immersive for the most part the only things that really took me out of it were um like i'd be i was like oh shit i can't remember when this uh his girlfriend jumps out and i was waiting for it and i was like fuck she's gonna jump out soon and then someone would like walk out of the bar and s- the door slammed and i'd be like oh fuck <laughs> oh wait that's just the door slamming <laughs> that happened to me like three separate times the game didn't scare me once it was people slamming the door that scared me or you know like yeah she she's like doing the crazy part where she stabs your hand into the wall oh, and trying yeah, to pull yeah. it out and then in the background i hear um like drunk japanese people playing super uh super smash brothers so they're like ah as like this intense part <laughs> is happening i was like eh, the, the atmosphere might have been a little uh a little bit affected by that bar maybe <laughs> yeah but i mean for to to have that VR experience with to me overall was worth it. I'm definitely gonna go back again. Um, I'm thinking next month because I want to try Fallout Four, and Skyrim, and Doom in VR. So I want to. I gotta know what you think of Skyrim. So can... Knowing how you know much you love Skyrim, I gotta I gotta hear what you think of that. Skyrim and Fallout Four are definites. The like, the my opinions have to be set for those. Yeah, I loved Fallout Four not as much as I love Fallout Three or New Vegas. I love Skyrim. Not as much as Oblivion, but I still love both those games, so they've got to happen. And Doom, I want to see, like, mm. Doom is so frantic. I want to see how Doom will work in VR. The thing I'm concerned about with Doom is that what I've seen, it only has jump movement. So, like, the thing that's great about Resident Evil, which I try to explain to people and that you get used to, is that you use the controller, but to turn, you just click the right stick a lot, and it doesn't make you feel, for me, to make me feel sick or anything yeah. like that. Um, it's, like, a very natural way of just moving and looking around, but Doom has that. Yeah. Um, Doom has that weird jumping thing where you have to hold the arrow out and then jump to that spot and then jump to another spot. That's right. Um, and that I'm not big in VR. I Final Fantasy has that too, but for an action game, like, it just doesn't seem interesting to me. But I'll keep an open mind. Yeah, it's, it's got to be tried at least. But um, and then I briefly, yeah. very briefly, tried Tekken Seven, which I got my ass handed to me by the NPCs. Like, I got to the second round, and they fucking just destroyed me. And I was getting so pissed off at this game. And In VR? I was like, either the... Uh, 
No, no, no. It was just normal. Oh, okay. I was um, like, what? Yeah, just talking about the whole experience in general. <laughs> um, gotcha. Yeah, Tekken 7. I don't know if the difficulty was ramped up or I just suddenly real. I'm really, really bad at button mashing, but um, yeah. I did fucking <laughs> Don't have the bushing ma- button yeah. mashing skills used to. One thing I was going to say, um, yeah. in case anyone wanted to say anything about, about mm-hmm. it as well, just commenting on your VR experience. Yeah, one thing you hit on that I noticed too was when I played the Resident Evil 7 for the first time, um, when I was just the outside area. I remember going through pretty quickly when I played it normally, but in VR, I was like literally exploring. Like, I feel like I was playing the game completely yes. differently. You know what I mean? Like, looking up at the buildings and the walls yeah. and all that kind of shit. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Like you're even like you're looking in the refrigerator and you're like, oh, there's this nasty shit. Like the first time you play, you're like, oh, this is disgusting. But this time you're like, oh, let me get my head in there. Let me peek what's actually in there. Yeah. Or you're like looking in the sink or you're looking in the cupboards. Like just this mm-hmm. this innocuous, seemingly non-important stuff that's happening in the house you want to investigate because now you can in VR. Yeah, like when you're hiding in stuff in the game too. I've mentioned this before, but like the sen- there's this one part where you have to hide from someone, and in VR, the sensation of actually like looking through a crack, moving your head just enough to peek out was like sh- stunningly well done. And I was like, this is this is and yeah, yeah, that game was perfect for VR. And I think that um, as much crap as VR has gotten um, because it's not quite to you know visual standards as some people would like. I think Resident Evil 7 in VR, from what little I played, was able to play, um, is great. And it's awesome. And I honestly, um, maybe in the future, would go from start to finish. Not in one setting, obviously. No, but, yeah. Uh, play that game from start to finish in VR, because it's awesome. The shooting was um, nice. I actually liked the shooting. Like, I did. Like, the first second or two, I was like, God damn it, this is terrible. And then I got used to it. Which is like you instead of aiming with, Aim the sticks, with you're your head looking around. Yeah, yeah that it, it's yeah, weird. It's cool. But you get so deadly it's with weird, it. Like I remember like fighting this boss and moving with my head and I was just like a surgeon. I was like <laughs> I was like, God damn, like I am like deadly this way. Um like I was more feel much more badass. Yeah, I was more I wasn't as fast, but I was more accurate. Which is strange. Uh, and it just gets better and better until the end of the game where it gets a little worse. But like I've told everyone, at the end of that game, when the when it loses its pacing a little bit and becomes more of an action game for the last two hours, having the VR helps make the action game um, more enjoyable than it would have otherwise been. So, um, hmm. Interesting. It is a, a special game in VR. But that's cool. I'm glad you got to try it. Um, hmm. Me too. Um, nice segue there. Cuphead Shay has finally played Cuphead, which we alluded to earlier. That's terrible segue. It's nothing to do with anything. It's Shay. That's huh. that's why it's a, <laughs> it's still Shay. I'm still talking to him, so that's why it's a segue. Okay. There you go. Uh, yeah. Finally, finally got to this game. So we had this brilliant, you, we had this brilliant idea that, and in case other people out there are listening and they have a shitty computer. Uh, I had this brilliant idea because I was sitting around and I was like, I just wanted, I was like so determined to try to find a way for Shay to play this game. I had like all these charts and graphs and I had this journal of experiments. And I was just like, we got to try this. We got to try that. And there's got to be a way. And then one thing me and Josh were throwing, I was like, what if we just, I know it says your computer can't run it at various websites, Shay, but what if you just tried it? What if we just had a way that you could just try it without wasting your money? So sure enough, Josh allowed Shay to to play his copy on PC, even though every website told Shay that his PC could not handle Cuphead. 
And guess what? They were wrong, weren't they, Shay? They were wrong. You're, you're goddamn right, and I'll never trust that website again. Ever. Ugh, can I run it? We're calling you out, can I run it.com. Fucking farce. That's what you are. Um, that's all. I, I don't have anything else to say. Full fertilizer website. Your viruses and your horse manure. It's some sort of scam where they're trying to like get people to buy. I, I heard this horrible theory that they were like they're in cahoots with certain companies and they want you to buy better quality computer gear and stuff. So like they will show a, it's like conspiracy theory, but basically that it'll show that you need better quality stuff. So you go out and spend more money on recommended computer gear. Not surprised, but uh, yeah. E- anyways, either anyways, way, anyways, cup that website. It worked. It worked out, um, and yeah, it was like I said um, earlier. It, the the expectations a tiny bit were, um, not <laughs> the expectations were not met initially by the reality of the game, and that's initially because I was playing with the keyboard, and then I figured I could just plug in my PlayStation Four controller via the charge cable and play it that way, and I just programmed the controller. Um. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry, we're laughing because. God damn it, Josh! <laughs> <laughs> Shay, tell everyone the joke that Josh made, so we can just let our audience. Uh, uh, Morgan said something like two minutes ago, and Josh eye rolled on camera, and so I put eye roll by Josh in Skype, and Josh responded with a fragrance for him. I, I, rolled I, I rolled by Josh. I don't know if that's the yeah. kind of re- reaction that you want, but you know, it's confidence. You're mm-hmm. you're you're rolling your eyes in confidence, and every, <laughs> everybody's looking for that. Anyways, go ahead, Shay. I'm sorry. Um, um but yeah, yeah. Play, playing with a controller was good, okay. and then um, I got much more into it as the game rolled along. First few levels were, um, I wasn't as invested in them. Like the first boss was like, eh, whatever. Um, and then it actually kind of reminded me of the corn boss from uh, Castle Crashers, weirdly enough. But uh, as I started getting <laughs> into you. the game more, um, I started liking it a little bit more. And the turning point for me was facing Jimmy, the genie boss. Um, that boss was super creative. And at that point on, I really was invested in the game from there on out. And I wanted to finish wow. the game. That took a while. Um, that is it. What, what do you think it was? Like, why do you think it took so long for you to... Like, I'm just curious. Uh, I think my expectations were so high for that game because I kept reading stuff about it beforehand. Um, and to be honest, it's not your guys' fault. Um, this is my own personal thing. Uh, just hearing the amount of times you talked about that game, I was just like, fuck, I don't even know if I want to play this game because like, I like to be... The, I like to have my own thoughts and I felt like I was probably partially going to be influenced by what you guys thought about it and I could not and this one is your fault Morgan I could not stand (laughs) hearing every fucking day I beat the game an expert (laughs) over and over every day which I'm proud of you that is a hard game I will give you accolades for that but hearing about it every goddamn day I'm just saying I did beat an expert I'm proud of you Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Sounds so modest there right it's, now. Yeah. 
It's not a big deal. Yeah, modesty is not a trademark. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not a big deal. Only less than one percent oh. of gamers have done it. It's not mm-hmm. nothing. <laughs> he paid for a billboard in his neighborhood that actually, you know, has his picture. Up yeah, there. like I get that. Yeah, I beat Cuphead. Yeah, <laughs> that, bill, that billboard's costing me a little bit too much right now, too. Mm-hmm. So, worth every penny. It's just it's your picture muscle of his face, and you're like, I beat mm-hmm. Cuphead. <laughs> on it's just a picture of me bending fish over uh and no Whoa. hold on let me back <laughs> Whoa! what the that's a different billboard there we're advertising for something else I, well that's also being edited out no 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 i oh, that one's fine i get the billboards confused you know, there, there's so many of them um that one i'm okay with i'm comfortable Anyways, with that uh moving on from that <laughs> yeah but i i devoured that game in a few quick days um, surprisingly, I don't know why, the robot was harder than the devil and King Dice. Uh, yeah. That robot. Yeah. Man. I don't, I don't agree with King Dice, but I do agree that the robot is a bitch. Sure. Um, well, no, you might yeah. be right. It, King Dice. It might've been harder. King Dice wasn't that bad. I mean, like you, you get, you, you, you pick out the forms that you can get through really easily. Like in the, in the first bracket, both the cigar boss or the chips boss were both super easy. Yeah. You get to the next one. And I think it's the, uh, the guy who's having like the, the ghost horse race. That one was pretty easy. And then the uh, third segment. No, I think the the monkey clapping. The monkey clapping was super easy. Oh, dude, you picked the harder ones, dude. That the eight ball is by far easier than the monkey clapping. I hated yeah. the eight ball. Wow, that's weird. I fucking hated the what? eight ball. No, the eight ball, you could literally just stand right underneath him and shoot him the whole time. Like, that fight takes less than, like, a minute. If really? Because those boxes kept fucking me up. You know, that's the interesting thing about Cuphead, yeah. not to insult anyone, but, like, different bosses are going to be difficult for different people like josh had a lot of trouble we watched him try and beat Mm -hmm. the ship boss for like an hour and i remember i beat that boss in like 10 minutes and i was like huh that's weird yeah same here yeah that was crazy because i remember and that was probably partially the pressure of us sitting there like come on josh you can do it come on josh you're so great aren't you great josh (laughs) no but i mean different bosses (laughs) different bosses just kind of have a different flow to them so you never know what they do yeah yeah yeah. yeah, that shit boss was not that hard for me. But then, um, so some of, some of the things in the game, like you can find some hidden coins in the world, which I ended up finding all of them. Um, or you can do, there's actually a thing in there, which um, I actually looked up because I want because that's who I am. I like to look up and get all the achievements. Mm-hmm. Um, and I missed some, obviously, so I was looking at some of the hidden ones. One of the hidden ones is basically you beat all the run and gun levels without killing a single enemy. And if you do that, you unlock this mode in the game where it's just black and white shaded. So you can select that from the options menu, and it's not colored, it's just black and white. And the music is actually not, like, rendered to modern music, like that modern sound of recording. They actually recorded it to sound like really old 1930s music. So the quality of that will be in there along with the black and white, which is fucking cool. Here's the weird thing. You get that when you beat it on expert. And I don't know if you if they considered expert harder, so that's why you do it. Um, you don't get a black and white mode, but you get the audio when you beat it on expert, the audio change, and you get something called two tone, and it's like yes. it's supposed to look vintage. It's not black and white, but it's definitely different. It makes parrying like fucking almost very difficult. Um 
But yeah, I got that from beating it on expert. But yeah, if you talk to the turtle in the game, he'll tell you about that. Pass. I don't know how the fuck you beat those levels without firing a bullet. Those some of those fucking running gun levels, like. Oh, I haven't done that. I haven't done it. Oh, I haven't done it. I tried. I tried on like the last running gun, the one where it's like you're at the quarry and like they're throwing all the pickaxes at you. I was trying for like 30 minutes and I was losing my goddamn mind. I was oh, like, fuck how that. do you do this? And I was like, I'm done. I was like, no more, like, no more. I'm killing everyone. Well, there's some that are confusing. Like there's a bug that you have to fight at the end of the first running gun level and it doesn't fly away until you kill it. So I don't know how you're supposed to get rid of that thing without firing a bullet. Um, you remember, you remember the power that, um, the power that allows you to basically, uh, as you sprint, you go, like you disappear briefly and come back. You're supposed to use that through every running gun level. Yeah. The dash, you just disappear through everything. uh, Smoke bomb. It's actually, so you just dash through that big flying boss. You don't have to, I thought you had to kill it to, yeah, yeah. You just dash it like on on any of the running gun levels. You can just use that dash to get through. Cause like the quarry level. There's no way you can get through that unless you have the smoke bomb uh, power, essentially. No, you're right. Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't know you could do that to that extent. But yeah, I don't think you can on that yeah. last boss because it locks the camera. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The the like there's there you can't go past it. Period. Until there's, it dies, there is no past until he dies. So because I was on the running gun level, the first running gun. Yeah, level. on that one, I know that one specifically because I was trying to get the perfect score on there and it turns out it's bugged you can't um uh, like the time, really the, the the time limit won't let you get anything above b unless they finally patched it um, i couldn't get above it's you still get credit but yeah you yeah, but, you're right but yeah but yeah that that one specifically after you kill him it's a couple seconds before it unlocks the camera and you can go past i know because i was doing you know speed runs of that and if you kill him and then jump past him to where the ledge should be, there's just there's mm-hmm. no past. You just fall to your death. Yeah. So uh, how do you hmm. kill him without firing a shot? That I don't know, then. It's probably, right, because there's a moment where he moves on screen, you probably have to dash real quick over those, you know, the, I think they set up like five or six different leaves for you to be on. I'd imagine right before he gets on the screen, you have to just dash across that whole screen as quick as possible to kind of negate him from fully coming and rendering on the screen. But mm. we'll YouTube it. Let's YouTube it later. Yeah. Let's find out how. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, overall, it's a game. Just to get back That's to the game, game, though. You're fine. You're Go fine. Ahead, no, Mark, I apologize. Please. Go ahead. You're fine. Um, the art direction is superb. Obviously, you guys said it in previous podcasts. Nothing else needs to be said. I know you guys, some of you guys don't like the music. I absolutely loved it until I felt like I was being taunted by it after trying to kill the robot a hundred <laughs> times. Yeah. And it was taunting me mm-hmm. and it pissed me off. Yeah. So I put on the some intro, metal. Yeah. Like the the intro to the fights because it's got the, the, you know, the, the fight announcer, you know, going Whoa. into it C- yeah. can be a bit much after, after a few deaths. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, shut the fuck up. Expert. I put on. Well, I was stuck on this one boss for a while. An expert, and I turned the music off and put on uh, like a song that was one of my favorite synthwave songs um, from Perturbator. And I beat the boss in my first try, and I was like, you know what? The music in this game is incredible, but it just goes to show that if you get music that gets your blood pumping, like I tried to beat this boss for days, 
But when I had my, the, you know, when you hear a song and it gives you chills through your body and you feel powerful, like I was like riding that wave of electricity and I like beat the boss in my first shot. And I was, that synth wave oh. of electricity. Oh, there we go. I was riding it. Um, right. That's, that's okay. That's not worthy of a head shake. Yeah. That's tolerable. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, though. I, I, I Overall, didn't say, though, so I just want to be clear. I think the music is incredible. It's just like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like not enjoyable and yet amazing. Like even the music from the world map is like stuck in my head. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to articulate. Oh, that is true. That is true. Like after I played it the first day, the next day for like a good three hours, I just had that theme music stuck in my head. I was like, Jesus Christ. And I was just walking around. I was like, please, for the love of God, no more Cuphead music. And it was it was the it was the title screen like the barbershop music, barbershop quartet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fish does. Fish does. I think it's cool that they hired they hired musicians just to make the music for this game. I yeah, think that's awesome. And they, yeah. it's really cool. The, they really put the work in this game. The story behind this game is incredible. Like they they actually knew. Uh, I was watching this whole thing. They found this guy that they grew up with, who was like now a classically trained musician. Um, and he did like so much work into the soundtrack and like even the brothers themselves that made this game, they mortgaged their house after that E3 uh, announcement because there was so much excitement and they wanted to make the game better. So they took out a mortgage, like a, whatever that is called a like, second mortgage or whatever that is. And they, they hired more people. And like, even the guy's wife, I saw her working on a lot of the art for the game, like so meticulously crafted. Like this game is like the exact opposite of battlefront where you have people chasing it because they love it putting their heart and soul into every little ounce of this game and to the point you have to mortgage their house to make to to fund the damn thing and you can just see them beaming after all the reception and everything they put into it and the game's so great and then you battlefront over there it's like this sterile corporate garbage so it's just you know their story the brothers that made this game it's a it's a it's a cool story yeah yeah that's actually yeah something i didn't know that's really fascinating that's cool, and and it show their their the passion for what they made clearly shows every second you play that game, from the moment you turn it on to the moment you turn it off, it's clear it was done for the love of the medium and the love of that game. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, and and like just to go off of that as well, like the testers must have had like a rough time testing it because you know, <laughs> I mean. Each boss is like well, if they weren't busy, if the testers weren't busy trying to fuck Kate Upton. How do you get? Yeah, the fish is a good point. Like, how do you test something? Like the difficulty, even for me, when I knew what I was doing, sometimes I would die thirty or forty times. Like that's a tough thing to test, and the random, yeah, yeah. it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what kind of feedback could those testers give to you know the developers as far as like it. Is this too hard? Because like I've gave it forty shots and I'm still not trying it. And like the developer has to make the decision. Like, well, yeah, eventually you'll beat it, right? It's yeah, it's it's tough to gauge that difficulty there. And like, yeah, yeah, going from like Absolutely simple think, in this yeah. game is like I guess they just take away like the last form of the boss to make it a little bit more easier. Um, and then regular, of course, was probably their meat and bones as far as um. Uh, difficulty goes, but yeah, it's uh, I, I I've tried expert and yeah, it's just everything's ramped up. It seems like everything's sped up, and 
it does definitely feel doable and i have done a few bosses but yeah it's i think the difficulty nailing the difficulty levels in this game from just a developer standpoint is it's just awesome as far as how they were able to do that and still keep that you know that that core gameplay uh, the trick is when you die you want to feel like you made it a little farther than you made it before that's the trick right you feel like you made it a little farther every time you die you don't feel as defeated yep that sense of progression in your head that that level of skill kind of building up on each boss is like you don't really get that that much in boss fights from games uh other than maybe like bloodborne or dark souls mm-hmm. fuck that fuck that like those games sometimes just feel like those bosses are specifically designed to be cheap whereas this game feels like they're like you guys are saying there's a natural progression Every time you die, you feel like you learn something new, like one slight movement that you can do to alter, to get yourself a little bit further. I think that, like you said, they nailed that pretty damn perfectly on this. And it's not, of course, perfect, because some bosses are going to be easier for certain people than others, like we said in the past. But for the most for the most part, as an overall whole, I feel like there's a natural progression of difficulty besides the robot, that robot the bitch. <laughs> no, he's not honestly i i beat yeah. it on expert uh, i don't know if you guys know that i uh <laughs> I, I beat it on expert and uh it, it's very doable they're all very doable i would say when things slow down or maybe at the beginning next year if you if you want i'd love because you didn't have as much trouble as we did going through it on regular i'd love to see what you think of of it on expert um yeah i did i did the first run and gun and i did the first boss on expert um I was trying to do the toad on expert um, late at night. It was like 11 o'clock at night, and I'm sitting there like half falling asleep trying to beat the toad on expert, and I'd always get to the slot machine, and I was getting pissed off, and I was like, fuck mm-hmm. this, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this, and then I was like, it's, all right. I, 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 yeah, I, lo- I loved it. Um, the last thing I'll say about it, and I want to say that, even though we talk about Cuphead a lot on the show, uh, one thing I want is to have this conversation with you because you've been waiting so long to play it, and it's important to have this talk, and Maybe we'll do an amendment here to not talk about Cuphead for a while till game of the year if it comes up. Um, but uh, one thing I was going to mention uh, as far as the different bosses go is when I was playing on Expert, I just had such an uh, such an appreciation for uh, all the forms, and it was so ingrained into my personality that yes, like it's it's definitely not for everyone though, Sham. I and mean, you can like a lot of people, it's too difficult for them. Like I know. Like, I, I felt bad. I have friends who played this game, and he was, I have this good friend on Instagram that I talk to sometimes, someone I met through our podcast, and he was just like, I spent three days, I finally beat the frogs. And I'm like, dude, you're going to have a long road of hell ahead of you if it took you three days to beat those damn frogs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Not for everyone, for sure. I think you got, you got to kind of introduce yourself to that level of difficulty, because for us, oh. we've all played various forms of very difficult video games like for me it was super meat boy and i really i you know 100 percenting that game i don't know if you guys knew that um after i 100 percent that <laughs> game um, <laughs> uh, it, it really like i broke two controllers playing that game and on purpose and it took me many months to finally 100 percent that game and after going through that level of difficulty i was like Nothing gets as difficult as this, and I can do anything I want. If I can 100% Super Meat Boy on Expert, or not Expert, but uh, 100% that, I can 
play anything. And so Cuphead at times were frustrating. The robot boss was the closest one that got me to wanting to break a controller. But I was like, you know what? I can do it. And it's like for you guys, like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or for maybe mm. a listener, Neo, or one of those various forms of very difficult games. you got to kind of introduce yourself into that level of difficulty if you want to play that. Because you, you get past that, you know, that initial barring level of difficulty, and you realize, oh, there's a really good game underneath just that initial yeah. thought process of, oh, this game's so fucking hard. It makes you get past that. It makes you better. Like, when you guys know I notoriously almost quit on Cuphead on the second world, and I'm glad I did it. And that's because the next day I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I went back to it. Number one, to spite fish because he was talking a lot of shit. And number two, um, I wanted to continue playing the game and I got better. Like Cuphead is one of those games where you go to sleep and I don't know if it just programs in your muscle memory or just like, but I felt like I was getting better, like more skilled. And that was cool. But you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it makes sense. Like with learning anything, it's like studying. That's true. Yeah. You study shortly before you go to bed. You retain more knowledge. So mm-hmm. you, you play that game shortly before you go to bed. You're gonna retain more of that knowledge. You're gonna be like, Oh yeah, that's right. I can do this here. Like some people even like when they're sleeping and, they'll listen to yeah, things. Like you said, and uh they'll like try to like like uh, I know Fish's wife, like when she's asleep, there's a lot of things that happen and just re- you know, just kinda retains that knowledge <laughs> through their subconscious. Um which is cool. Yeah. She, she's a really heavy sleeper because many times while she's been sleeping, she's heard, baby, don't wake up. <laughs> she just has all these subconscious memories. Like, we just had them. I don't know what it is, Fish, but I just had the most incredibly great feeling about you today. It's weird. I just went to sleep and woke up and I feel great. So, um. I love you, baby. It's how you, how you keep a happy wife, guys. It's a secret happy there. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> say things to her while she's sleeping um yes anyways uh glad you got to play Shay. is there anything else you'd like to add and we can move on final thoughts no no really uh just great game uh thank you to the uh the brothers uh the creators and the developers for creating that wonderful game um and i'm happy it finally released because i've been waiting for this game for a while now mm-hmm. and i'm finally and thank you josh um, for allowing me to use your account to play Cuphead, so I can actually test yeah. it out and realize the that caniranic.com you suck <laughs> lies and you know interesting like sometimes things happen in our world that are sort of beautifully serendipitous, and the serendipity here is that Fish and Shay finished Cuphead in the same week. Isn't that amazing? That's a true. That's true. That a boy fish. If, you, if Shay would have mm. beat Fish or, to finish it, that would have made my entire life. I would have been so fucking happy about that. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I was secret, secretly trying to beat it as quick as I could to beat Fish. But you were on the last boss, man. Like, there's. I was like, unless he just gets sucked into Destiny or Golf Clash or whatever the fuck game <laughs> you're playing on your phone. I was like, there's no way I'm gonna get caught up because you were literally on the last boss. And I was like, I know how hard this yeah, game is. Animal I'm Crossing's sorry. my phone game now. Yeah. Is it? That's a, that's a good team. I got my dad into Elder Scrolls Legends. Oh, no. Uh, he texted me this morning. He's like, you bastard. That's fucked I was like, Because I told <laughs> no, him to try it out yesterday. He's like, I can't stop playing this game. I was like, I know. That's been me for the past six months every day. I can't yeah. stop playing this fucking phone game. You and your dad are very susceptible uh, to those things. So. To card games. Yeah. 
Card games do it for us. They get you every time. Um, yeah, and that's a yeah. that's a nice teaser yeah. fish. I wanted to let everyone listening know that next week we we were saving it because we obviously you can tell we had tons of shit to talk about, which is so much fun. But uh, Animal Crossing is taking the world by storm. We will be talking a lot about that next week. And uh, so that's awesome. Let's give we got to give fish some credit. He has finished Cuphead. Uh, he's halfway through Mario. And two games in one week. Two games: Battlefront mm-hmm. and Cuphead. We're proud of you, fish. Good job. Oh yeah, thank you. Fish, you've really come into your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, well, I feel I feel more manlier mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. when I finish these games, and I don't know. Maybe you'll I get that I'll, second I'll, hair I'll... on your chest finally. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's not let's not rush it. <laughs> let's come on, <laughs> let's, let's slow down. All right, uh, I want to take my puberty slowly. You know, it's funny. I did notice after I beat Cuphead on Expert that I was. A little, I was, I don't know, I feel feeling a little more jacked, a little hairier. Like I was, I was a little more, you know, I almost said something really gross and sexual, but I decided to hold back on that. But I, yeah, I was feeling it. So. It's because you need to take a shower. It's I like your, your, your loose hair is matting to your body. You need to take a shower. It's just like a, <laughs> just like a big, <laughs> yeah. Like that, I remember, it's a true story. I'm a really tiny, skinny guy. I remember the first time I ever went to a strip club. This for my bachelor party. Shay was there actually. Um, first time I went to a strip oh, club. Okay, yeah, you tell the story. Uh, Please a, tell the story. It was, was, was a bachelor. It was a bachelor party, and they paid to to pull me up on the stage. And it was it was a it was a great story because they put me in a chair, they tied me up, and all the strippers just slammed into me. They uh, they dropped, they poured a bunch of ice down my crotch. They poured ice down his pants, and then they would just like. Like yeah. they put them on the pole and they'd ride down the pole and just slam their asses yeah. as hard as they can it, onto it his lap f- and just, and they kept slapping you in your chest and it looked like someone threw a baseball at your, yeah. or not your chest, but your stomach. It looked like someone literally <laughs> took a baseball and threw it as fast as they could at your stomach. Cause you had this huge, huge bruise, the size of that like, sounds I don't horrible. even know, like the. Um. It was huge, was and then you had like penises drawn on your face. Oh, that was there. Yeah, that's the least. <laughs> they were there for a little while. They yeah, were. I think yeah, they were still. Got, and they ripped your underwear. I was only worried because like the the coldness of the ice didn't bother me that much. It was the um the the sharpness of the ice slamming of the, like I was just booties. worried that I was gonna get like a cut or something before my wedding night, and I you had to perform on your wedding night, so I was, I was a little, uh, I was a little worried that I was gonna get sliced. Don't, no, don't touch it, honey. It has cuts on it. So I've been, oh, you know that sweet, you know, true. That's that story for another day. I, I don't want to tell you guys that. Um, I had a bad wedding night. Yes, yeah, please don't. Um, but Stop there. but the reason I brought this story was enough. The reason I brought it up was because the I remember this to today. The first thing that the lady said when she pulled my shirt off on stage, she whispered in my ear. She went, "Ooh, you're hairy for a little guy." And I was like, I don't know. I just remember that forever. I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> That's forever etched in your mind. You're hairy for a little guy. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's one of those things. <laughs> we need. We need to make sword chomp shirts that say that. Oh. You're hairy for a little guy. Wait. Did- are you sure she didn't take off your shirt and start just <laughs> reach down your pants? <laughs> no, it's just my shirt. Although that would have been hey. funny too. And. Where's it, fish? Where's the catchphrase? Lambo. There it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a good punctuation mark, I think, on this show. We've had a lot of fun things to talk about, and that's a great way to end it. And a classic radio teaser, if you want to hear all about Animal Crossing, 
make sure you check out next week's show. Um, and maybe I can get a video for the Instagram of Fish showing us how he's using that new force technique for the, uh, the hands-free crank session. Um, mm. Mm. Until then, uh, yeah, a quick, uh, as I do when I run down every show as far as content that we've been putting up, thank you again, Fish, for that hilarious Instagram video. I also got a video up of um, for Monsters of the Deep, a quick minute uh, of my first day uh, spending time with that game. And I actually got a lot of love and appreciation from people out there. So that's cool. A lot of people are like, the, the biggest thing I've heard from people is that they actually think it looks cool, but because they don't have VR, it's not accessible to them. And that's too bad that they couldn't make a non-VR version of the game that people could play as well, because that's, you know, could have expanded, probably doubled yeah. their sales. Well, I think, that, I think that just speaks to PlayStation. They need a new motto. Let me write it for you, PlayStation. Ignorance is bliss mm-hmm. <laughs> in VR. <laughs> you don't Get a PlayStation VR today. You don't know what you're missing. But you'll love the feeling. Um, I got, uh, yeah, so as far as we got a video up from Shay's uh, session he talked about, if you want to see it, check out the Instagram page. I got a little clip of Shay playing um, in that uh, gaming bar, which I thought was really cool. And so, yeah, I've been meeting a lot of people this week as well. Continue doing that. So everyone who's new to the community, thank you for helping us grow. You guys are awesome. And as far as... And welcome. Yes. Thank you. Sorry, sometimes I just get rambly here at the end of the show, trying to cram things in. So sometimes you just gotta cram yourself in there, make yourself known. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I did tweet out to the Final Fantasy team. I said thank you for making this dream come true. They probably won't acknowledge my tweet or whatever. I've tried to get in touch with the guy who's the part of the head of this team. I just want to let him know how much this game means to me, and I just can't seem to find. I found him on Twitter, but he hasn't been on his account in forever, and he won't answer me. But I will get in touch with him. I just want him to know that how important this game is to me. Um, I'm trying. I really am trying. You sound like a fucking stalker. I'm just going to her house just to tell her how much she means to me. I've only dropped off a dozen roses 37 times. I just wanted to know. me, senpai. I was outside playing my guitar in the rain. She closed her window on me. I'm um, outside of your window. I tweeted about Animal Crossing, but I'll save that because that'll be more uh, appropriate for next week as well um yes anyways i think that's pretty much that that'll do it it's been a fun show so many cool things to talk about thank you for listening to us as usual we'll be back next week with an exciting new chomp cast so until then peace out